Episode 31. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. And I'm Malil. And we're, and the, we're leftovers. the leftovers. All right. Hey, Steve, get in the mic just a little bit more, buddy. Okay. There you as go. As close as I can get. All right. Nice. I'm, I'm eating it now. There you yeah. go. Give it. Give it some head. Now, um, <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, guys, uh, your leftovers. How does it feel? Feels great. I feel like a new man. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm honored, and uh, I just uh, I cried a little bit when I found out. I cried a little no, bit when uh, you found that too, but for different reasons. Not of excitement, <laughs> but just of like, oh shit, okay, this is what we're stuck with. But anyway, um, I'm fucking with you. Um, now, at the beginning of the show, you heard, and congratulations, guys. I'm glad that you're going to be on the show. I, had a, I, I really enjoyed recording last week's show. I had a lot of fun, so I'm glad you guys are leftovers. So. Oh, man, thank you. You know, Thanks for, for having us on. I'm glad that, uh, that we're able to do it. So Yeah, same here. I mean, I had a it's been a blast so far, so we'll keep it going. Right on. Um, at the beginning of the show, we had a little cartoon theme song play there. And uh, if you can guess the name of that cartoon, uh, you'll be the winner of some really cool stickers from artist Sean Hamilton at Creating Studios. Um, so if you remember that cartoon from when maybe you were a kid, or if you just remember the cartoon in general, send an email to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com with the subject cartoon, and then name the cartoon. And if you're right, we'll send you the stickers. So um, just a real, real quick contest for you to get jump in on. Uh, got a ton of things to talk about today, especially the, of course, the Wonder Woman casting. And then there's the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer that dropped on the internet on December 5th as well. Uh, and then the X-Men Apocalypse movie news, too. So, uh, But the first thing that we need to address before we jump into all that fun stuff is the winner of the catchphrase contest. Um, the winner will receive a print from Sean Hamilton of Creating Studios. And if you haven't seen his art, you'll definitely need to go to his website. It's createinkstudios.com. So check that out. Um, we had a lot of great entries. I, I want to read off a few of them. 
Um, and they were all great. We could only pick one. Uh, it's kind of a shame. I, I wish we could have like combined a couple of them because I really liked them. Eric Wade said uh, gave. I don't know. Like not everybody gave us just one entry either. Like some people like threw in a couple. Like this is a fucking lottery. Like the more. <laughs> Like the more the, the the more entries they gave, the better like the better chance that they had to win this thing. So it's not like everybody just gave like, oh, here's my one submission. Like, uh, uh, here's uh, the first one. Uh, here's my second one. And if you didn't like that one, here's my third. So, but uh, it was cool anyway. That's that's fine. Eric Wade gave us two of them. He said uh, the first one's uh, leftovers. Fuck yeah! So a little bit of uh, Team America there. And then, uh, or leftovers, like we could say leftover one, leftover two, leftover three. We say, until next week, same leftover time, same leftover channel. Uh, Joe Vital says, uh, he gives two, leftover army dismissed or leftover army fallout. Um, let's see here. Brian Russell says, pop, go the leftovers. Have a drink, take a shit, and call your significant others. <laughs> Have a nice week. <laughs> Why did that one not win? Why did we not choose that one? It, it has, won in our hearts. It has a ring to it. Have a drink, take a shit. Call your significant others. Wouldn't be the first time I've said that. <laughs> Craig Clifton says, until next time, live life at warp speed and may the force be with you. I like that one. Listener Gus Hoontite says, keep tasting, we'll make more. Uh, Austin Shadowin says, well, till the mold sets in, we're the leftovers. Um, runner up, you guys still there? Oh, yeah, we're yeah. here. All right. And let me our, do your thing. Yeah, let me do my thing. Our runner up was Pete Neen. He says, we're putting a lid on it. Um, so close, Pete, man, so oh, close. So but, close. So close, but I guess we just weren't feeling it. Mm. Not really sure why either. Just uh, me either. Wasn't there. You couldn't if, even if you asked me why, I probably wouldn't respond. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Anyway, our winner, our winner, 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 chicken dinner, Dana Marie. Woo! With, congratulations, Dana. Congratulations, Dana. You're going to be receiving a print from Sean Hamilton, uh, and uh, her submission is, and just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag. Thank you for your patronage. So thank uh, you, Dana. I like that. I like it. I think it's got a ring to it. Great. It's got leftovers in it. You know, it applies to our show. I like it. I like it. It's, so, a, it's a good ending. I mean, we, yeah. it, it, it's a good closing to the show. You know, we're thank you. Know, we thank you guys for listening, and you know, it's it's a good way to end. I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was it was good. It was clever, and, and it she deserved to win. Keeps with the theme of the show, real great. So yeah, I liked them all. Honestly, I wish that everybody could have been a winner, but we had to pick one, and, and I went with Dana. So um, I loved it. I thought it was great, and uh, thank you, Dana. Uh, Dana, contact us with your address, and we'll get the print from Sean Hamilton at Creating Studios out to you in the mail, or we'll contact you either way. So um, thank you, thank you very much, everybody. You know, for your participation and your submissions, they were a lot of fun to read. So thank you very much. Um, you guys ready to start Good Pop and Bad Pop this week? Yeah, let's, let's go get going. It. All right. Okay, we're going to go with Good Pop and Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Now, during Good Pop and Bad Pop, we are going to rate things um, throughout this. And, 
we have a unique ra- a unique rating system that we're going to go ahead and explain now. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, I don't know. Who wants to who wants to go first with good pop, bad pop? You want me to go first? Do one of you guys want to go first? Oh, I'm going uh, last. I think we already decided. Oh yeah, that, we so. decided. Steve's uh, definitely going last. I'll, I'll go first. I'll start. I, right. I got a, just a couple of good, right. good and one bad. So, all right, this is a lil. Um, everybody, for yeah, everybody sorry. listening, this yeah. is yeah. Go ahead. Like some people, like when they hear our voices, they don't know exactly who we are. So I like to kind of point that but out. Wait, but wait. So. As of today, you're you're leftover a lil. Leftover a lil. Yeah. Just hope I'm not. Yeah. Just hope I'm not tossed out. Um, but for my good pop this week, I'm going to start with maybe something a little controversial. But Disney XD, uh, uh, you know, a little bit ago, canceled a really great cartoon, uh, Marvel's um, Avengers um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Right. And I really enjoy that cartoon. And then they, you know, once the Disney acquisition and everything started filtering through, they, they started with, uh, you know, having a whole Marvel block. Uh, right now they have uh, Hulk, the Agents of Smash, Marvel's Avengers Assemble, which is kind of, uh, in a way, a little bit of a spin-off of, of the Avengers movie. They have, you know, all the characters from the Avengers movie and they added Falcon to it. Um, you know, Hawkeye with, with his more modern costume, kind of more ultimate. Um, and then they have the ultimate Spider-Man. And, this last week's episodes had it was it was actually kind of a really good story in the uh, Avengers Assemble cartoon line, and it had uh, some unique things that I don't think I've, I've seen any of these other cartoons do. Um, they did like an alternate reality where Doctor Doom took over the uh, the world, and the only person he didn't affect was Thor. Thor ends up coming back to um, to Earth and notice that everything's changed; everyone's different. You know, Spider-Man's not Spider-Man anymore. He's called the Web Slinger, and he's in his Spider-Man uh, noir costume. Hawkeye's in the ultimate uh, Hawkeye costume with the with the purple like face like rag. Uh, they actually had an action figure during the uh, the Avengers uh, Hasbro toy line that came out that had that. Um, you know, everybody was different, and I really like that they kind of you know take these little chances, even though it's it's more a kid-centric cartoon, I don't think it's as bad as people made it out to be. I mean, I understand that I really I really like Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but I think that, you know, people need to give these more of a chance, and, and these are cartoons. They are they are kid-centric. Uh, you know, same with Hulks and the Agent of Smash. I mean, my kids love it. I love watching it with them. My girls get a kick out of the She-Hulk is in it, you know, Red Hulk, everybody, and, and I love that they bring... Um, other villains, you get some different, unique characters that that most kids won't ever read. You know, you get Blastar, uh, Annihilus. All these characters have been in these cartoons, and you know, growing up, I, I knew who I knew who a lot of the characters were from watching Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. And that cartoon, if you go back and watch it today, had nothing to do with the comics. It was not really great storytelling, but we loved it when we were kids, and sure, that's what yeah. I like about these. I mean. I mean, they had Deadpool in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, and my kids love Deadpool now. I'm never going to let them read a Deadpool comic until they're much older. <laughs> I love the fact that they like Deadpool. You know, we see the Deadpool toy in the store. 
you know, they're like, oh, we want to get Deadpool. And it's it's hilarious. And I think it's great. And it just kind of opens up their eyes. And, and I think it, it helps bring in new viewers, new audiences. And this is what we need to keep this stuff going. Yeah. And I, when definitely. I, I definitely this is, you know, I, I think for everyone out there, this is a definite Tupperware. I, I love this show. I love all their shows, the little block. They do these little commercial snippets from uh, they take the 60s and 80s cartoons and they they call them Marvel mashups. It's funny. Oh, those it's, are funny. Know. Those are very yeah. funny. I love when they do they, the Hulk and and uh, even the the old Spider Man cartoons. Those are funny. Yeah, yeah. They had one. It was like like Thor, God of Rock, and he's just <laughs> sitting there like you no know, heavy metal Thor the whole time for the sixties cartoon. That was terrible animation, but it's hilarious. There was a crackhead, and, a blonde crackhead in our neighborhood. We called him the same thing. <laughs> But you don't want to know what he would do for that rock. <laughs> no, you know. No, he was the god of something else when it came to that. But um Yeah, was a- yeah I just said it. Um Oh, but uh do you guys know who's writing the <clears throat> Deadpool uh comic book right now? I I don't. Who? Uh comedian Brian Posehn. Let's oh, you know what? I knew that. Yes. Yeah, oh, he's, that's awesome. That yeah. makes me want to go pick up some of those. That looks yeah, that the, cool. The, I've got I've got the first arc uh and i've read it. it it was it was okay i mean deadpool is one of those characters like they've just gone like crazy with and like i can take him in like small doses but it seems like every like every panel is just like one way from them to, like working a joke and it's like i like that to an extent um but uh, i get my comedy comic book reading out of reading valiant's quantum and woody right now i think that book's like probably the funniest book on the shelves but uh deadpool's fun deadpool's cool but uh that's awesome so uh, if you 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 rated a tupperware like cuz i know a lot oh, yeah. of I, I know a lot I of love people, it. yeah go ahead. a lot of people didn't like it when it first came out a lot of people didn't like that it replaced the original you know uh, Marvel. What was it? What was the original called? Because I I watched it too and I liked it. Uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Heroes. Yeah, a lot and of it, people. It, it was great. And I have them yeah. all on DVD and they're streaming on Netflix. It was a great cartoon. It was a great story. And I think that the difference between these two are a little bit in the villains. Uh, a little bit that in the old cartoon it was a a really story heavy show. You you would go multiple episodes. With with a background story going on, it, it was very involved, and, and I understand why. You know, I I really think that 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 cartoon was a bit more toward geared toward us. You know, the the, the comic fans or the you know because yeah. it was you know they went into the the Kree Scroll War, they went into you know a lot of different things. You know, I, I really think if it kept going, you probably would have gotten the Civil War out of it, but. No, but I, um, I like what you're saying with like this new series. It's like this is the series that's going to get your kids hooked. Just like the original Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. Like I still remember that cartoon from watching it from when I was a kid, and I, yeah, it got me hooked. I mean, I loved uh, I loved Firestar and Iceman and and Spider-Man and their interactions together, and it was fun watching that cartoon. And I remember like Hardy's. Um, Hardy's like it depends on where you are, but either it's like Carl's Jr. or Hardy's. But like the fast food chain, they used to have like uh, the the Spider-Man and his amazing friends 3D books that would come with your Happy Meal. 
you know, and like it would come like with a 3D viewer and you would be able to read your comic book in 3D. And like I remember reading the comics and and watching like the cartoon and loving that stuff. So like if that is how kids today are feeling when they watch this program, I'm all for it because it'll get kids hopefully hooked on these characters so that when they do get a little bit older and they are ready to read those Deadpool comics, they'll be there contributing to that medium. Because, like, I want to see comics around forever. And this is what we need is younger readers. I completely – I mean, I completely agree. And I understand it too. I mean, because – I mean, my kids watched the other cartoon. They they did because, you know, I watched it. So they were watching it with me and it was was cartoons. But I think the – they seem to be more into these shows and these episodes. And, you know, and I understand that some of the things are Disney-fied. I mean, it, it happens. I mean, Marvel did, I think, this summer uh, a crossover with Phineas and Ferb, and the kids loved it. I just kind of laughed at some of the inside jokes that they had. But, you know, I think a lot of you know, that'll be my next good pop I'll bring up. But, you know, they, they do enough for the fans that I think there's enough little inside jokes and winks to, to, you know, us, the older adults that they know are probably watching this with their kids that grew up on Amazing Friends, the 90s X-Men, you know, the, the Iron Man series, all those, you know, that read the comics that, you know, that, that we can enjoy. You know, there's, there's little tidbits, little jokes. I mean, there was, in one of the Ultimate, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man episodes, Loki turned him into, uh, the Amazing Spider-Ham. I love those car- uh, comics when I was a kid. Oh, Spider Ham! Yeah, with the I pig. Turn him into Spider Ham. I thought that was great. Oh, that's great, dude! I used to love that comic book when I was a kid from Star Comics. Oh my god! <laughs> blast! I mean, it, blast from the past! Oh my god! Exactly. That's that's what they do, and I think that's what people are missing out. I think they saw like. You know, like when Ultimate Spider-Man came out, they're like, "Well, the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon series was so good. Why do they have to cancel it?" Well, I mean, it, it's because Marvel's not making enough money off of it. I understand. You know, it's, right. it's a business, but they're not. They're not. You know, they started out slow because they were trying to, you know, give it, give us this new thing. And I think they've done a really good job throwing those. I mean, they turned Thor into Throg. You know, the Thor Frog. I mean, they've done so much. Um, you know, like I said, that Deadpool episode with the Ultimate Spider-Man was just off the wall for for a kids episode. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't like Deadpool was. You know, he kind of was. He had his swords out and he was fighting ninjas. But I mean, he you know, and he was well, talking you, about he didn't ta- them, he didn't but. take off his mask and reveal that he's got rotting flesh for a face. Exactly. No, no. <laughs> so, but, I mean, it was it was just it was just funny things, and he did funny things. You know, uh, there's this one great line where like. Uh, Spider-Man's with him on this mission, and he asked him where he got this jet, and he said it was a gift from Tony Stark, and Spider-Man was amazed that Tony Stark gave him a jet, and then you see like a little flash to Iron Man, you know, at at, at Stark Industries, looking down and seeing a jet missing and a big IOU Deadpool, like, written into the ground, like, you know, and whatever. It was just kind of funny. I mean, yeah. just, that's what these things are. They're, they're 30 minutes just to laugh at, and I I think they, they're doing a great job, and I think people are missing out because they were so so angry that uh, you know that whatever they were following got cut got, got cut short. Yeah, I think you're right, I, but you know, I mean, as long as what you're saying is true, that it's a good introduction to these characters for kids, then I'm all for it. Um, what, yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with that. I mean, yeah, not, that's the way it sounds. Um, what else do you got for us this week, Alil? Uh Actually, kind of following in the same thing was with Lego. Lego put out. Uh, it was streaming on Netflix, I think, two weeks ago, and then it premiered on Disney XD. 
uh, a Lego Marvel cartoon called uh, Overload. Uh, another thing, it was just funny, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen these Lego cartoons. They did a Star Wars series. Um, they've got, I think, five Star Wars episodes with Lego Star Wars. And it's just, again, just like I was talking about, good fun. The kids enjoyed a lot of inside jokes, and it's just just fun to watch. So that was my other good pop uh, in regards to that. Uh, one more good pop I had before I go to my bad pop was, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this website, and I know... We talked about possibly next week, you know, throwing in uh, a part of a show to discuss maybe some uh, some holiday shopping ideas. But I had to throw this one out early because I, I fell in love with this website. It's called Geek Jerseys. I don't know if you guys like sports jerseys or wear any kind of sports stuff, but I like hockey jerseys. And this website, they make hockey jerseys for, for geeks. And this month they have a TARDIS jersey. It is... It is awesome looking. They had uh, one was like a Tuscan Raiders, and it was you know for uh, of course for Star Wars, and it's just, right. it's just hilarious and awesome. And they have a ton of different sizes. It's, it can be personalized. It's a, it's a hundred five bucks shipped, and I've I've probably it's probably going to be my new wardrobe coming up. I mean, they have so do many they have like uh, do they have like Smallville Crows and like uh, what is it the Gotham Knights. They, they don't. They do have like a like a '60s Batman logo with uh-huh. the red bat from the, and then they have they have other ones. You know, they have um, they have one with like you know like Darth Vader. They have like uh, the Rebels with um, uh, with Luke. It kind of looks like the. Um, well, I'm gonna draw a blank on on that outfit he wears when he's piloting the X-wing. Um, but uh, and they have like for TV shows, they have one for um, uh, Dexter. Uh, where it's got like blood specks all over the jersey. They have horror films. I mean, there's like a Michael Myers team, a, a Jason team. Uh, it's just really cool. I mean, they do TV shows. So pretty movies. much, they provide Kevin Smith's entire wardrobe. Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. But but Kevin Smith only wears that one type of jersey. So <laughs> he wears, yeah, this one's all different. Yeah, kinds. He, he I just, wears I just the, thought they were really. He wears the Smodco jersey. I love yeah. Kevin Smith. I'm not talking shit about Kevin Smith. I love Kevin Smith. Big fan. Kevin Smith's so. red. Oh yeah, that's how much of Smod Code do you actually listen to? I mean, I listen to almost everything that he does. I listen to Jane Sp- Jane Silent Bob Get Old. I listen to Tell Him Steve Dave. I listen to Fat Man, Man on Batman, Batman, Hollywood Babylon. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm all about Kevin Smith. So no, I'm a, I'm a big fan too. But I saw these jerseys and I was just like, I have to say something. I can't I can't wait a week if we do talk about so it's called shopping. it's called GeekJerseys.com. Yeah, geekjerseys.com. They got a Facebook page. They only do three jerseys, like, at a time. Okay. So, not, you know, it, they have, like, a whole list of jerseys. So, if you like one, like, I put my name down. They have one for a team called the Boomsticks. Oh, with nice. With and, Ash? Uh, and, like, you get it personalized in the back, whatever you want. And, like, they have it right now, like, groovy with, like, I think it's 19, I think it's 1990, I think, on it, or 90 on the back. Or 89, <laughs> whatever the number is. But like you know, yeah. I mean, you know, get you can get anything written on the back that'll fit. You know, like hail to the king if you you know whatever you know. And Give me some sugar, I baby. Put my name on that one. To notify me when when they when they launch that one. And they bring back jerseys like they like the TARDIS was out for a while, and now with the with the Doctor Who um, you know movie and everything coming out, they they brought it back. And you know, on their Facebook page, you see people getting them. And I mean, they have everything: video games. They have like a Legend of Zelda one with the shield. Super Mario Brothers one. I mean, it's just really cool and really fun and, and different. That's fucking you know, like, awesome, dude. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Uh, 
That is sweet. That is sweet. I'm checking that out right now. <laughs> um, and my and I don't get any 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 kickback for this, guys. This is just something I I thought was hilarious and awesome. So that is cool. For now, in case my wife is listening to the show, I want one for Christmas. Um, <laughs> you hear that, Mrs. Alil? Make it happen. <laughs> But uh, my bad pop. One thing that I just kept seeing, I just, I just kept, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the trailer for this movie was Grudge Match. <laughs> you guys seen this thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The trailer's but, been everywhere recently oh, too. Man. This is just, if this makes any money at all, I will be. I don't even know what I would do. I mean, I would I would lose faith in humanity if people go to the theater section and watch this over anything else. And they had like a an extended trailer where they did cast interviews. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Spider Man one. Spider they did one for Spider Man also. We'll talk about one when we do Spider Man. But they were you know like they were talking to Stallone about some scenes and he's okay. He's so this is this is a grudge match. It's the uh, Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro movie where they play the older gentlemen that are going to get back in the ring and have this rematch of a fight that they had years ago. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I should yeah. probably should explain that more instead of going into my rant. But yes, you are. No, it's correct. all right. I just wanted to cut you off and like if people haven't seen this, that's what it is. It's like you've got Sylvester Stallone, you know, and, and Robert De Niro and they're gonna fight in the ring again. Apparently this is like a rematch from a match that they had when they were younger. And so I yeah, guess Yeah, it must have been Key versus Raging Bull. I mean, I don't know where this came from, but it, it right. just it looks so bad. And, you know, I was talking Kevin. to you guys in, in the chat and it seems like they I think that they had like a uh a, a good idea that they just kind of like thought that they'd make a whole movie about, which I think is ridiculous. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, I mentioned that it would have been a great, like really long Super Bowl spot. Like they could have made some funny joke with it and it would have been really funny, but yeah. like a whole movie, like it's just old guy jokes. Exactly. The whole like, trailer is just old guy yeah, jokes. Yeah. And like, we just had, we, we just had last Vegas, you know? And I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like they could have made a viral video about this and been done with it, but apparently they want to make a full feature film on it and make some money. I don't know. I don't know. Robert De Niro anymore has just become like a big. I don't know. He, he so, so we're not we're not doing a show on this. What we're not? I thought oh, we were yeah. going to all go see this and, and review it for the show. Yeah, exactly. Pop, Pop Leftovers presents Grudge Match. Uh, you know, it, but the thing is, like, and Sylvester Stallone needs to give up comedies. I mean, stop or my mom will shoot. Come on, you know. And then, <laughs> and then he did what was the other one that he did uh, with the gangster movie. Uh, was Oscar? Oscar, yeah. Oscar. Oscar. Was that it? Is it called Oscar? I don't know. I think it was called. I can't remember. I keep thinking it was called Bugsy or something weird. I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, he needs to... He's really cool in Expendables, but, you know, know, stay stay away from the... uh, the comedy. He's there. never been you able to do what um, you know St- uh, uh, Schwarzenegger's been able to do in the comedies. Like Schwarzenegger, like of course he, he came out with Twins, which was like a huge hit. Which they're gonna fuck that up with triplets when they add Eddie Murphy in there. But anyway, and Kindergarten Cop. That shit still is great. Kindergarten Cop. That was hilarious. That movie's awesome. But I just I just watched that literally like a weekend a weekend ago. I mean, it was it was so it still it holds fun. up. Yeah, it's 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 a funny movie, and and uh, I think even Schwarzenegger at this point in his career needs to hang it up when it comes to the comedies. I mean, he had his moment. Just stop, because uh, 
I mean, the, what was the movie where he played the pregnant man? Because that movie sucked. Junior. Yeah. Junior. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. okay, you had your reunion with Danny DeVito in that movie, and it really let down a lot of fans. So just stop. And that's why I don't want them, them to do triplets with Eddie Murphy. I think, yeah, I think that they think it's funny that there's going to be – they find out that they have another, you know, sibling – that it's Eddie Murphy, and yes, he's African-American. Okay, that's – okay, brilliant. That's funny. Okay, we get it. Don't do yeah. it. Just yeah, I don't, don't need yeah, to see that movie. I don't the think last, just like we were saying movie. about this, that would be funny as like like a commercial. Kind of like you know how last year – like I think it was during the Super Bowl or some other big thing that they had the the vacation commercial with, uh, with Chevy Chase. Yeah. So they added a little bit to it. Nobody wants to see another the, uh, vacation movie. Even the Ferris Bueller – uh, yeah, the car exactly. commercial yeah. did like that was awesome. Like like that's what a Ferris Bueller movie would would be, you know, a new one, an updated one. Uh, but do we really need it? I mean, I don't know. Like the the commercial was awesome. Look okay. at that. Hey, we had a great movie. It was called Twins. Let's end it. Like we had a great movie. It was called Blues Brothers, and then they came out with Blues Brothers two thousand, and then took a shit on everybody. So it's like, yep. don't do this. Don't, I, well, that's I, what I'm worried about Ghostbusters 3. I mean, I think it would be better just the reboot than seeing all these guys come back. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I Especially I, I if agree. Murray's not going to be a part of it. I mean, let it go, let it go. Yeah, and but I mean, that's, Murray... That's the whole movie was called Oscar, just to let you know. Okay, it was, it was called Oscar. Oscar, yeah. But, you know, yeah, Ghostbusters 3, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, what do you guys think about Beetlejuice 2 coming out, though? Should it, should it happen? Do you think it's going to have Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter in it? Uh, no, it, it, and it's not even 100% certain that they're going to be bringing back Tim Burton. They've only got pretty much Keaton signed on. Winona Ryder has come out and said that she can't say anything about it, which pretty much leads everybody to believe that, yeah, she's going to be in it. So it is, I, I, it, it is uh, happening, but we don't know if it's going to be Tim Burton coming back and doing it. Like, you know... It's, I mean, I guess if it's good, but I mean, this late in the game, this far out from the original, I mean, d- is there really a story to tell that's that's going to be engaging and, and be a classic like the first? I don't know. Well, think about An this. An old Beetlejuice? Like, I don't know. Did you guys know that in the original Beetlejuice movie that you only see Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice for 17 and a half minutes? That's the wow. o- That's it. If you time it, he is only in the movie for 17 and a half minutes. The rest of the movie, you're watching like Winona Ryder and, you know, you're watching uh, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, uh, what's her name, Catherine O'Hara. You're not watching Michael Keaton. So I, I personally would like to see him come back as the character because we didn't really get a lot of Beetlejuice to begin with, if you ask me. Um, whether Tim Burton directs it or not, I don't think really needs to happen. I mean, I think they could bring somebody like James Gunn in there and do just as, as good a job. As long as it's not their original idea of uh, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. I don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, that was, the original, that was the original pitch. It was Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. For the sequel? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, the thing is, is I think that's what made Beetlejuice so great was it. We didn't get over the top Keaton Beetlejuice for the whole movie. It, it was little bits here and there, yeah. you know, him playing with. 
And I think if you do a whole sequel, similar to you know our talk before about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I mean, the first one, it wasn't a lot of Johnny Depp. It was a lot of ensemble, a lot of different things going on. Then they're like, wow, this movie made so much money. It has to be Johnny Depp, Captain Jack-centric. And it kind of then loses a bit. It loses a little bit more as you keep going. And I think that that, that would be the problem here. I mean... It, yeah, if, if you get a whole two hours, or actually this will probably be 90 minutes, and it's all Keaton as Beetlejuice, I, I, I don't think it's going to play. I, I really think it would, it, it just wouldn't do well. Right. Do you guys remember the cartoon? Oh, yeah, I, oh, I used man. to love the cartoon. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I guess if they did something like that, you know, where, you know, they're in the, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought the cartoon was fun, but again. It was a little 30, 30 minute segments here, not even with commercials, but. I think what they should do is they should do a sequel, and the sequel should be like what we are dealing with now. We have a lot of reality TV shows. And I think like, what's the reality TV show that everybody watches? Is it that show called Ghost Hunters? Oh yeah, they could do yeah. something with that. Yeah, it's like on Sci-Fi or one of these channels where like they go in there and they've got like the night vision goggles and stuff like that. I think if you incorporated stuff like that, like you had a TV crew going in there and doing like this and Beetlejuice like just fucks up for them, I think that would be a funny movie. I think that's the way they should go. They should like make it for today's audience. Today's audience is used to seeing these reality TV shows and kind of like throw him into this and like just watch how he becomes a star on TV and things like that because um you know people were captivated by his character in the first movie like the people in that house like anything he would do they were just like mesmerized by it. And so I think you need to take it to that next level and like have like the like the cast from like you know or like somebody like that that is playing a parody of the cast from like Ghost Hunters come in there and record this stuff and then Beetlejuice makes his presence known. I think that would be hilarious. That's where I think they need to go with it. And I, I don't care if they bring Tim Burton back, but uh if if they do, he needs to get back to his roots and stop being I don't know. I just really haven't been impressed with a lot of the stuff that he's to come out with lately. Yeah, I mean the, the best things that he's done been all the the claymation uh, movies. I mean, besides that, it, it's it's really been a while. I mean, yeah, Alice in Wonderland was so so. I mean, Dark Shadows, I I couldn't even watch more than fifteen minutes of it. Right. I saw Sweeney Todd in the theater, and I was just, uh, I, I was it was just terrible. Right. I mean, yeah, I but you're, yeah, I mean, I guess what Big Fish maybe was his last decent movie yeah i liked big fish i'll give it that uh he was a producer on that movie nine um, that i like nine i that like nine good. too but he would he didn't direct it um i know i haven't seen frankenweenie but i heard that's really good and that's like one of his original properties i think when he does like original properties that are of his own that's when he really excels when he tries to take over a uh like a franchise like you know what is it uh, planet of the apes planet of the apes oh, man. Uh, you know uh, willy wonka <laughs> I mean, that- and he puts his own spin on it. I I, I don't appreciate it. But it, when it's a when it's a Tim Burton original idea, I like it. Now we can say that yeah, you know uh, he did a great job on Batman. But if Batman came out this, if if his Batman came out now, it would not be as good a movie, um, even with the new special effects and things like that. 
Um, so it, I think it was a good thing that it came out in 1989. But let's we've, we're we're all <laughs> that's yeah that's a huge yeah. can of worms right yeah, there. But, uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna segue right out of that. Yeah, we're off <laughs> we're off track. Let's review Batman. <laughs> we're off the rails. We're off the we're rails. Off the rails. <laughs> are we gonna go? Let's get back to good pop, bad pop. Um, Alil, okay. are have you finished yours? That yeah, that's it. It was just. Uh... That wonderful grudge match trailer. That's that's my bad pop for the week. Right on. Okay. I'm going to go into my good pop, bad pop. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a web series, uh, a YouTube web series. It's called Space Janitors. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. Okay. It's not quite it's, – it's Star Wars-centric, okay? It's not quite Chad Vader. Uh, if you've ever seen Chad Vader, it follows uh, what it would be like if Darth Vader worked in a local grocery store, and it's hilarious. Uh, if you haven't seen Chad Vader, you definitely need to do a Google search and watch some of those videos. It is not Chad Vader, but it's still pretty funny. Space Janitors, like I said, it's a YouTube series. They have two seasons completed, um, and they have a star, uh, they have a Kickstarter uh, for the third season. Uh, basically, it follows uh, janitors on what what is like the Death Star and what life would be like for these janitors working on the Death Star. Um, like, th- there's... <laughs> it, it's, I'm sorry. I, isn't that's that, awesome. Isn't it awesome? It's like a Kevin Smith idea. Like, when you're watching Clerks and they're talking about, you know, like, um, you know, the... Uh, the what was it like the the freelancers working on the Death Star doing construction yeah, the, on the, the contractors? Yeah, yeah the con- you, know, you don't think they were all employees of the? Yeah, you know, it had to be contractors doing the Ex- work. <laughs> yeah, like this is like this is like so inspired by Kevin Smith. It's not even funny, you know. It's basically like what janitors' lives would be like on the Death Star. There are these big events happening in the universe. You know, you see like huge spaceship battles going on in the background and rebel forces fighting against an evil empire and there's this constant struggle for power. But in the background, and and I mean way in the background, are these space janitors. And and it's really pretty funny. Um, They'll show you them like mopping the floors and talking while – fighter ships are flying outside and fighting each other and and uh there's even parts where there's battles within the death star and people are shooting at each other and nobody shoots at the janitors <laughs> they just kind of stand there holding their mops um <laughs> nobody shoots at them because they're not a threat nobody sees them as a threat they're just you know working on the death star and mopping and they're talking about their lives and like you know, how they're destined for greater things. Kind of like how Luke was, like, looking at the two sons and thinking he was greater. You know, destined for something greater. But it's pretty funny. So if that's your thing, I want you to check it out. I'm going to give it a taste. It. I've I've only watched a few episodes. It's pretty funny. I, I haven't watched all the seasons. But uh, definitely check it out. It's called Space Janitors, and that is a YouTube web series. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about... Uh, is I watched um, part one of Aquaman, the teen the teen drama. Have you guys heard of this? Nope. Okay. Where do you find this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, I scat- like, I thought I thought I knew a lot of stuff. Seriously, I thought I knew some obscure shit, but then you come on here and it's like, what are you talking about? Welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm a leftover. <laughs> this is what I do. 
Um, I watched, it's called Aquaman, the teen drama. And, uh, it's part, I watched part one in a five part series. It's available on bleedingcool.com. It's created by Patrick Willems. Uh, I'm gonna give it a taste it. I didn't watch any more of the episodes, but I probably will, but it wasn't something like I felt I need to had to, uh, to finish. Um, it's really, it's, it's interesting. Uh, definitely check it out. It's basically what it would be like if Aquaman walked out of the ocean and starred in one of these high school dramas. Um, so he's like on 90210 or the OC or something like that? Yes. Uh, in fact, the produ- one of the producers on the project said, in simplest terms, it's Gossip Girl starring Aquaman. <laughs> so <laughs> when you watch it, he has his close group of friends and there are villains from the comic book that come off as like soap opera villains in the show. Um, and, and it's, and they are overacting just like they would in like a uh, soap opera, which is, which is fantastic. I mean, the humor comes from everything being played totally straight. Like it is a teen drama. It's meant to play out just like a, uh, you know, like a soap opera with snobby rich teenagers, but when you mix in Aquaman, it makes it absolutely silly at times. I mean, the show, it starts with Aquaman. He walks right out of the ocean while teenagers are getting on their cell phones and texting each other. And they're saying stuff like, did you see who just w- showed up in New York? Did you see what he was wearing? And they're texting and they're talking on the phone. And it's like this big you know, social media thing. And then Aquaman, he walks out of the ocean and he's uh, he walks out onto the beach. He's wearing... Like the cheesiest Aquaman costume you could ever imagine. Uh, the actor who's playing him is wearing the blondest of blonde wigs you have ever seen in your entire life with an orange shirt and then the green spandex pants. Um, it stars Aquaman's wife from the comics, Mira. But in this version, she's played like an evil rich girl in the show who's working with Ocean Master on the side. Um, I'm going to play the audio from the trailer because it's actually pretty funny if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, let's go for it. Get ready for this season's hottest new show. Have you seen who just showed up in New York? I can't believe it's really him. Did you see what he's wearing? Aquaman. 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 He's visiting from... Atlantis. Everyone knows about New York's new fish out of water. Battle parademons, new gods, and intergalactic despots. I think I can handle the Upper East Side. Oh, Aquaman. So young and naive. This fall. I don't know if you've heard, but the party of the year is happening tomorrow night. You should totally come. I have some history with our new Atlantean friend, but I promise you, I will end him. Experience arguably the world's most popular water-based superhero. That sounds serious. It's a Justice League emergency. I'm sorry, I have to go. Like never before. Was it ever lonely growing up in Atlantis? I like this girl. For the first time, I don't feel like I'm all alone in the world. I didn't expect to care about you. To feel this way. You know what I like about members of the court out of phylum? Nothing. Aquaman, the teen drama. Aquaman just ran off on Justice League business. I take it this is your doing? Of course. Called in a favor from a giant psychic alien starfish I know. Premiering this October on Bleeding Cool. 
So that, that was the trailer. And the trailer's hilarious. Um, the show's pretty good. I, I, I definitely give it a, give it a taste it. So, uh, check it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish the last, uh, four episodes. But I, 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 I don't know. I think it's a funny concept. So definitely check it out. It's called, uh, Aquaman the Teen Drama. You can check it out on Bleeding Cool. <laughs> I, I'm holding back the last man. I, I, the whole time you were playing that, I was covering my mouth because I was. I, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's like he sounds so serious. The Aqua Teen drama, right? I have a uh, Justice League emergency. I, I have to go. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, there's uh, you get appearances by uh, King Shark and Aqualad. It's definitely something you want to check out. But that's all I have this week. Uh, I don't have any bad pop this week, which I think is always a good thing. But uh, definitely check out uh, Space Janitors and uh, Aquaman, the teen drama. Uh, Steve, what do you got for us this week? Okay, so I'll start with the good pop. Um, this week I was able to finally finish Assassin's Creed 4. Do, you, do either of you guys really game that often or...? I played Super Mario Brothers. I mean, I don't <laughs> okay. Hey, Steve. Steve, this is kind of like uh, messed up. But like, I used to be a huge gamer back in the day. But I think uh, you know, and I mean, I remember I waited like in line nineteen hours to get an Xbox three hundred and sixty. So Oof. yeah, I mean, and I used to game all the time. But I haven't gamed since like two thousand six, two thousand seven. And I play yeah. video games like every once in a while. This weekend, I was actually watching G4's. Uh, I had it on my DVR, recorded from a long time ago. But G4's top 100 video games of all time, and it kind of like inspired me to play video games again. So, a, a video game that I haven't played, um, Mass Effect Two. I ordered oh, it. Yeah, yeah I or, I've never played Mass Effect. Oh man, and, so good, <laughs> dude. Yeah, they were talking about this game and like how amazing it was. And so, like, as when they were talking about it, I was just like. Okay, well, I've got to check this game out. This just sounds amazing, like the way they're talking it, about it. it uh, a Mass Effect is like is like it's just one of the. It's a classic sci-fi epic. I mean, it really is. It takes inspiration from a lot of things that that you'll recognize, but it's its own story. It's its own unique universe, and it and it's unique in that you can carry your character from game to game. So decisions that you make in the first game reflect on the third game in the series that's what they were so, saying which fucking blew it's me away crazy. yeah oh man it's nuts so i it's, i got oh, on i got on i got on ebay and i bought like a copy of it for 10 bucks and they're sending it to me so i'm gonna play Wait, you just got mass effect 2 well i haven't i haven't i've never played it so they're sending it to me so i'm gonna get it next week oh but you gotta play part one first you can't you, start in the middle dude but they said mass effect 2 is like the shit I gotta it play. is the shit, but it's even better if you if you have the backstory of one. Well, I can that's just like that's like watching uh, <laughs> Empire before New Hope. Like, I mean, sure, it's cool, but it's it's a better. But you know, you gotta have that backstory. Oh shit, dude. Okay, they, they right. sell they sell it in like trilogy packs for like dirt at, All right. at, at, uh, at like GameStop. It's not that expensive anymore. Okay, it's just the way they were talking about Mass Effect Two. It was it's, like it's really good. There's crazy store characters. I mean, you get invested. Like when it was over, like it was like part of me was missing. I was like, man, what am I gonna do? Like it's such a it's a really big game. But but going back into Assassin's Creed, yes, um, please. Assassin's Creed's actually the uh, the Assassin's Creed Four is actually the sixth game in the series, and I've played all six games, and it's just it's just great. It's it's 
it's a continuous story that that leads on um, from game to game, and you're just playing different characters throughout history. There was three games that featured the same character, but um, this new one, you're a, you're a pirate basically, and you're just pillaging the oceans and. It's just ah, it such a fun game. It's like one of those games where you play it and you're just like in that world when you're playing it. You know, if you have a if you have a nice TV and a good headset and you know you're just playing and zoning out, it's it's great. So I was able to finally finish Assassin's Creed Four, and that is my good pop for the week because that was really freaking awesome. Nice. Wait, th- this one you're a pirate? Yeah, you're actually yeah you're a pirate. You're actually the grandfather of the character that you played as in the third game. So it's kind of cool how it how it reflects back and, and um, there's some cool I, I played the first two I mean, made the Mario joke but I really do love Super Mario Brothers but I, I played the first two I, I just like just like Brian said I haven't played it in a long time I've got a Xbox 360 and a PlayStation 3 here just collecting dust um, oh, huh. oh, man I, I, yeah and I'm about to start a Arkham Origins um, probably after we finish here tonight but, um, but yeah Assassin's Creed man Whew. great stuff great stuff um, and so I think with that, I'm going to have to jump into my my bad pop. You son of a bitch. Let's hear it. You motherfucker. Okay. I know where you're going with this, you son of a bitch. You're breaking Wait, my... I'm going cor- uh, to correct it, though, because I think he screwed up. If, if it is what I'm thinking he's going to say. Dude, okay. you're breaking my fucking heart. You're breaking my fucking okay. heart here, Steve. <laughs> Okay. Seriously, why don't no? Seriously, why don't you fucking stomp on my dick, you son of a bitch? What the fuck is this all about? What the fuck? Uh, uh, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? Listen, <laughs> I'm going to preface this, okay, by saying that somehow something got fucked up, and I did not get to see Almost Human episode three. Okay. Yeah, I missed it. Okay, uh, I watched Almost Human episode four, thinking it was three. Confused as shit the whole time. Like, where's this fucking gum reference they're talking about? What the hell am I missing? I, I have no clue where I'm at. And I even watched it twice. I watched it again before we recorded tonight, so I could make sure that I wasn't missing anything and I didn't just pass out in the middle of it last night and forget. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, like here's what I took away from Almost Human: what they're doing, they're they're doing well. It's it's more of a personal opinion for me. I don't like procedurals. I don't. I'm not a fan of uh, villain of the week shows. Um, I, I I don't get the uh, a lot of the the character uh, development in the show. I do. There is there are a lot of things that I do enjoy though. Like I do enjoy the uh, back and forth between the two characters. They have some good witty one liners. The special effects are great. The the world building is really cool. But it's. It's it's more of a like I what what they're doing they're doing right but but it's just not for me it's more of a personal opinion thing it's it's not I'm not hating on the show I get why people like it and I get why it's getting the ratings it's just like I said it's more of a personal opinion it's just not for me and now I don't like now we're, now we're like down now we're down to two leftovers <laughs> now after that after that fucking review we're down to two leftovers Listen Steve I no I, I hope got, I, I hope you're fucking happy I hope you're fucking happy. I just gotta fall in line and lick your ass on it. I got something to tell you, pal. Well, at least you figured it out. Jesus, it took you three weeks. Oh, you know what? I don't need this shit. All right, all right. I got enough stress in my life. <laughs> no, it's it's. I I, I I get why you guys like it, and I I do appreciate the things in the show that are good. It's just one of those things where it's just not for me. It's 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 a totally just a personal opinion thing. So, so you you said that you didn't like any of those. So you you didn't like X Files or 
or Fringe or any any of those type of shows. I mean, I like like there's certain episodes that I really like of X Files. Like there's certain one off episodes that I really like. Like there was even one that they did. It was like kind of like a cops, re- you know, or like they were following around the cops, and it was like like that that same kind of style footage. So there's episodes of X Files that I really like, but but like. Um, watching it episode to episode i'm sure there's going to be episodes of almost human that i like but i just haven't seen one yet <laughs> wow that's that's blasphemy man like uh, hey you know i mean send your hate mail here i don't know i, I i'm not gonna i'm not hating on the show i'm not hating on people that like the show i'm not i'm not trying to be an asshole about it but i'm just hey. saying it's not for no, me no 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 no, no, no. all i'm saying I'm- is like right now i need a palate cleanser you watched uh episode four a little haven't you seen it I, I did, yeah. I just watched it before we started this podcast. What did you think of episode four? Oh, I, lo- I loved it. I, I thought and that's, that's why when he said he watched episode four instead of three, I thought maybe because, you know, the whole episode, to me, it was kind of like Dorian was hey, taking gonna- over, and he was he was making some great little jokes, just, just ribbing into Kenix, and I just thought I was laughing through most of it. I mean, I thought the whole um, – you know the whole, you know who the bishop is on it. I I, I kind of guessed that early on. I mean, <sighs> they did, right, they right, have done. Are you going to spoil anything? They have done such a know, great job. Not, I'm not going to spoil that. They have done such a great job of casting villains on this show. Like everybody in this show oh. that is a villain plays their part so well. Even if it's just the smallest villain, it's they are so good. Like that one guy that. Uh, yeah, let's not get into spoilers, but. I mean, the one guy who you, you know, is the, no, I'm not going to get into spoilers. Yeah, see, yeah, exactly. With yeah. The, like, without getting into spoilers, I, there's other points that I wanted to make, but I can't yeah. get into spoilers yeah. about, about certain issues I, about the show that I don't like. So I thought the, the, <laughs> the, the comedy that they had about the slug at the beginning was hilarious. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, funny. He said they're waiting to eat, and he orders them a slug. I yeah, mean, that was so funny. And then uh, later on when they're talking about uh, – um, you know, he was the, he was talking about the, his, uh, the guy that he went to, uh, the academy with how they're, you know, he was the only guy who was faster oh, than him and a better shot than him. Two people. Yeah. Oh, that was like, so convenient that they, oh, I don't know. I don't want, it's I don't just, want to get into it. <laughs> Steve, Steve, I get it. You know what? I guess maybe I should have added another bad pop because a lot of people are liking Brooklyn nine, nine and I can't stand it. I mean, it, 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 it's similar, I guess, in that, in that vein. I, I, I understand you. I'm not gonna. I'm not no, gonna. Like, I'm not even gonna... in episode four, like, like the uh, there was some fighting. There was a good fight sequence in it, and it was really cool. There was some really good action shots. You know, that one android where he gets his head. You know, I mean, that shit was crazy. There was some really cool things that I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Like glimmers of hope, but like overall, overall, I just I don't. I'm not connecting with the characters. I, I basically it just comes down to one. It's like I don't care. You know what? Our, our listeners aren't connecting with you now, you son of a That's bitch. That's fine. That's fine. Some of them are. At least one is. At least one thinks you guys are full of shit. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. You made your point. All right. I think- no, no. But you know what? It's still, it's still a taste it for me. It's still a taste it because I get why people would like it. I get it. There are things that I like about the show. It's just an overall personal opinion. You thing. pompous son of a bitch. Well, I understand why the common folk might like this show. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. <laughs> you pompous son oh. of a bitch. Uh. Yeah. The view's awfully nice from up here. 
<laughs> Get off your high horse. <laughs> you soapbox standing motherfucker. All right. Um, I think we're going to go on to news, our news segment next. We're going to take a little bit break. A little bit, a little Hey, we're going to learn how to talk, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk news. So we'll be right back. Hey, and we're back. We're going to start talking about some of the news that came out this week, some of the big news that came out this week. Number one, just some real quick news. I wanted to mention that Michael Bay has revealed that the first Transformers Age of Extinction trailer, it will debut during the Super Bowl. So if you had, uh, if you weren't going to watch the Super Bowl for the game, well, you might want to watch it to see the Age of Extinction trailer with the, uh, uh, Transformers. So, um, you might get your first look at Grimlock. So, are you guys, Some I, Dinobots. I, yeah, exactly. Are you guys excited about this? I mean, is anybody <sighs> still excited about Transformers anymore? Do, do, do you know what, what Mark Wahlberg's character is described as? He's described as like a wacky inventor. A wacky inventor? Really? Yeah, so like that doesn't make me very excited. And, and, the, and the fact that, uh, uh, um, Michael Bay also said recently that he was not making this movie as um, as funny, like as, as goofy as the last movie. So he's trying to – I don't know. Like it feels like they're trying to to um, go after a younger audience by introducing Dinobots, but then he's going to make it like a grittier version. Like I'm not sure how that's going to work. But um, I'm, I'm, I liked the Transformers movies for what they were, you know? I mean it's – they're not the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I, so, I, I love the first one. Movies, man. The first one was amazing. All right, I mean, that, I was like jaw dropped when I saw that in the theater. I mean, you were like, "Holy crap!" I'm finally seeing this thing trans. Like when that helicopter in the beginning. Yeah. That was that's still one like one of like the greatest things. Well, see, the greatest like, scenes you can see. The first one, I think it's like I think we could all relate. I, I could relate to like you know Sam Witwicky being this you know awkward kid in high school and shit like that and like having the crush on the hottest girl in school and stuff like that and then like you know wanting to get the girl and stuff like you know that I could relate to that stuff. But like the second one when they brought in like the 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 really racially controversial you know ghetto bots or whatever you want to call them that thought that was like. The worst thing they could have ever done. Yeah, they, they went off the rails with the second one. Totally, they had, like totally. they had Transformers transforming into people. I'm like, okay, well then all bets are off. Why don't they all just do that? Like, what are we doing? And <laughs> like, the, the third like, what's one, happening? the third one, they tried to reel it back in, and then kind of. But there was parts of the third one, like even like that skydiving scene in the third one where they were like gliding through the city and those like those uh those parachute suits. Man, that was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah but that, when that, you're that when you're made here you, in Chicago. Your main villain is McDreamy? Come on. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I did I did laugh at that when I when that was, you know, the I, I guess the big reveal. I, I I thought that that was just terrible. I mean, yeah. they, they had some scenes in the third one that were okay. You I mean, the first one was the first one was good. like the the humor in the first one everything everything was good but like by the second movie like the jokes weren't funny anymore like the parents weren't funny anymore and right. so the yeah. second movie to me was terrible it was just they wanted they wanted to make it too 
it, it was a little more personal the first one, and I think that's what worked because even in the cartoons and everything, you know, you knew it was a more of a global thing, but it was kind of a personal. Each episode had its own little story. You you got a few humans, you got you know the robots. You had issues going on. They solved them. The end. By the second one, I mean they're all over the place. Then there's there's you know uh, bots in in Egypt near. Uh, you know they had things with the the pyramids. It just got all over the place. You know what disguise. pisses me off is that these robots really aren't in disguise. Like everybody knows that they're there. I mean they're just fighting and destroying shit. How can you call them robots in disguise when they're just like out there in the open? Yeah, fighting on the freeway and shit. You're like, okay. <laughs> Quick hide! Nobody saw that, right? Uh, it's it, yeah. I don't I'm know. Sti- I'm still excited to see some Dinobots. I want to see what they too. do with that. I, I think. I mean, I think I just want to see it just for that, just to, just for the spectacle of seeing something like Dinobots and how they're going to do it on screen. So yeah. I'm excited for it. I guess. Me too. I mean, I want to see. I'll see it in the theater. We're going to do a review on it on the show for for sure. But like, uh, I don't know. Transformers Age of Extinction starts the new trilogy. So they've already said there's going to be three new movies, but Michael Bay is only signed on for one. I I hope after this movie he can get the ball rolling and then he will leave the franchise and let somebody else take over. Well, I hope that Michael Bay watched Pacific Rim and took some notes. Dude! And and is going to use that for some inspiration on how to make a robot... If, yeah, dude, if Guillermo del Toro is not going to do another Pacific Rim movie... Then Holy shit, they, Guillermo del Toro's Transformers? Oh, <sighs> fuck yeah. Bring it. <laughs> I'm in line. I'm first in I, line for that. I mean, I was just about to say that because I, I didn't see Pacific Rim until this weekend. and What? I, it was awesome. Remember, I, I have three little kids, you know, but oh, I, I, got it on, I got it on Blu-ray. Seven bucks. <laughs> um, thank you, Black Friday. But I, I was just I was astonished by how well it was done. I mean, a lot of things you know I knew were going to happen. And again, it's got a predictable feel. You knew uh, Gypsy. You know, you just knew what was going to happen. But I was sure. looking at this movie and I was just like, okay, so you know, Godzilla is coming out. I don't think it's going to be better than this. The new Transformers is coming out. They've already proven here that they they. They're doing something here that they should be doing in those movies, and just just the fight sequences were terrific. And yeah, you're right. I mean, if Guillermo was able to do Transformers his way, I, I think I think that movie that movie would be on on Avatar money level. I mean, it would just be that amazing. Everybody would go see it. I agree, man. Because like, yeah, uh, Pacific Rim was like a new. Um and Nobody had heard of any of these characters from Pacific Rim, but like you give Guillermo del Toro something like that, uh, like, you know, like Transformers that everybody knows who Optimus Prime is. Everybody knows these characters. Man, can you imagine the kind of like Transformers movie that Guillermo del Toro would make after watching Pacific Rim? It'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's and I, I'm still shocked because I, I just saw it this weekend that it only made a hundred million here. I, I don't know. I don't know what people were watching this summer that 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 movie didn't get more play. I Dude, mean, I saw it twice. It I saw it twice. I, I want to know what Guillermo del Toro's uh, vision of Cybertron is. Oh just, fuck! Give, yeah. me, give me a War of Cybertron movie, dude. I would no, Toro a full CG movie. Give it to me. If I'll Guillermo del Toro rebooted Short Circuit, I'd be in the motherfucking theater. I don't care what it is. 
Johnny Five well, is alive? I, Shit, Guillermo del Toro, bring him back. Bring him back. I would watch Guillermo del Toro's Johnny Five all damn day. That's yeah, all I'm probably saying. probably have plasma cannons and everything. I no mean, shit. It would be great. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think they are rebooting that, and I don't think it has anything to do with Guillermo Are Del you Toro. serious? They're rebooting Short Circuit? I believe so, yeah. Blasphemy, man. Uh, don't, don't do it. Yeah, you know, I, under, I understand reboots. I understand, you know, if you've got a story to tell or if you think you can tell it better, but sometimes it's just, the, it, was, it was good enough. You oh. know, just, just let it be. Speaking um, of reboot... There's some more uh, some more uh, news uh, with another new reboot coming up, Terminator. Yeah, let's get into Terminator. Um, is it conv- has it been confirmed that Alan Taylor is the director? Confirmed. Okay, Alan Taylor, the director of Game of Thrones, is going to be directing Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, and Thor: The Dark World absolutely is going to be directing the new Terminator reboot, and it gets an official title this week: Terminator Genesis. So that's very fitting, you know, when it comes to a, you know, reboot, Genesis meaning origin. Uh, the rumor is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is set to return. We don't know to what capacity, what role he's going to be. Um, and of course, with this being directed by, you know, Game of Thrones' Alan Taylor, there are rumors that they're looking to possibly cast uh, Amelia Clark uh, as a leading female role in the film. Uh, she also is, uh, she's like the, the, what is she, like the dragon chick or whatever you want to call her? I don't even know her name. She's the, you know, in the in Game of Thrones, she's the one that's got the dragons. Oh, um, Khaleesi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Terminator Genesis, it's set to open in theaters on July 2nd, 2015. Uh, official title, Terminator Genesis. So this is a reboot. Um, but that's not all. Uh, it looks like the Hollywood Reporter has broke news that Skydance Sky Productions and Annapurna Produ- Pictures are teaming up to make a new Terminator television show that ties in with the films. So, Ooh. hello. They're, they're building the universe, exact, just like we were talking about the last few weeks. They're right, building the universe. Right, Marvel of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, copycats going on. It's, it's going to get to the point where there's just not going to be enough time. <laughs> to watch everything, to be in the know on every part, you know what I mean? I agree, man. Uh, I agree. It's like I haven't, I haven't caught up on my Agents of Shield. I, I need to. I need to. I need to definitely do it before the next movie, so I know what's going on. But uh, THR described this new show, saying the TV series will follow a critical moment from the first Terminator film, and where the film story goes one way. The upcoming series will take the same moment in a completely different direction. As the rebooted film trilogy and the new TV series progress, the two narratives will intersect with each other in one surprising and dramatic way. Are you guys excited for this news, or is this something like you feel like, you know, like this is maybe not the direction that they should be taking it in? I mean, guys, they've. We spent 30 years watching. From 1984 up until now, watching where they've been taking this, and right before we get to, like, the robot war, they're going to reboot? I mean... Start it all over again. Exactly. Come on. <sighs> Guys, if you want to watch the conclusion to what happened, you can get the comic book. There's a comic book out right now that concludes everything, but is that really how we want to do it? I mean, you started this universe cinematically with James Cameron's Terminator. This is... I don't know. It's kind of bullshit. 
if if I mean if they're going to reboot it and they're talking about it going in a completely different direction, maybe there is a story to tell there. You know, I guess wait for a little bit more detail on it. But but I mean, you're right. We were just getting into the thick of the battle, the war. Finally, we're here. We're doing our stuff. And I wasn't a really big fan of Salvation myself, but you know, at least we were in that time. And then now, right back to the beginning. Come on. Well, I think I think that's why because I think most people were disappointed with Salvation. And I, I wasn't. That's, that's, I. I liked I, you know I, what I, I liked I liked the the kid that got to play Kyle Reese that was pretty cool I liked that but uh, as a total as a whole I wasn't a big fan of the movie I you know I think it I think it uh, picked up and I think it took over where Terminator Three kind of lacked I liked it I enjoyed it well and that's the thing too I think I think Terminator you know the Rise of the Machines was a, was just another blah movie as well I I'm, I'm, I don't think the I guess the last or the last two and the, the Sarah Chronicle. Um, what the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Connor Chronicles. Thank you. Um, I, I just think that they, I just think they missed on them all. I mean, I think they could have done so much more with them. And I think, you know, especially with Salvation, you had a good cast. You had Christian Bale. You had a lot of people there. You had the technology. You had the money. And I just think that that they that they that they missed on it. I, I don't think it was as good as it should have been. Uh, or as good as it could have been. I'm sorry. Um, it, I, I just think if, if they want to give me a reboot, fine. But was it so bad that they needed a reboot? Was it that bad that they needed a reboot? Like this calls for a reboot? Probably not. I mean, thirty years. Thirty years we've invested in these films. Thirty years, and now they're going to reboot. It's, it's just it? like it's just like fashion, you know. It's like everything, everything from the eighties. Now people are starting to wear again it's movies that are starting to reboot everything from the eighties again. We're just we're in this little cycle. Well, <laughs> I think that's what they want to do. They want to they want to get you know when we were when we were that age when this when the original came out and, and those kids they want to get them reinvested because kids aren't going to go back and watch the original Terminator. They don't. Well, like, these kids don't even know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. That's, that's, that's sad. That's sad. I guarantee you that Terminator Two still holds up. I, I think Terminator Two is one of the one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. That is my favorite movie of all time. It is my favorite movie of all time. I like that's the movie that takes me back to when I was a kid. There was nothing like it when it first came out. I remember seeing T-shirt. Uh huh. <laughs> There's nothing like it when I was a kid, man. That's the f- that that movie was amazing, and I if you want to go back and le- listen to the Meet the Leftovers episode that we had, I talk about that in great detail about how what a, what an awesome movie that was to me during my childhood. But um, I don't know. I'm not excited about this at all. Really, I'm excited that Alan Taylor's you know getting a crack at it, but. Um, to start over after thirty years of build up, it's it's a little it's it, it pisses me off. Yeah, I, well, let's see. I, I I always you know give everything the benefit. I mean, give me a give me a trailer, give me a kick ass trailer, and I'll judge from there. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt right now. I'll, I'll give it a shot if they if they can do it well. But you're right. I mean, we we have invested a long time to get to the point where we see. We see the war, you know, it's yeah, like all the teases in Star Wars to getting us to the Clone Wars. And we, we didn't really get as much of the Clone Wars as I'm sure most of the people wanted. I mean, it's kind of like that. We, we get the little tease and salvation. It's not enough. We get some here. We get some there. We get flashbacks. 
if they went with an all out, you know, this is, you know, the war, this is how Earth is now, this is what's going on, I would be all for it. You know, just, just huge robot on robot, you know, all this stuff going on. I don't need to see but, a different John, I don't need to see a different John Connor origin. I have my John Connor origin. Give me the fucking battle. That's what I've been waiting 30 years for, you motherfuckers. Give it to me. That's what everybody's been waiting for. And now we're going to start over? Now we have to start over? Do we need to see Sarah Connor again? Do we need to see the T-800 again? Come on! Another what? John Connor? I think John, another John Connor. That, uh, that character might be one of those people that's like the most recasted character ever. Well, and now they could give us a different version of John Connor and ruin it. And ruin like what I've loved about John Connor in these past movies. I I loved Edward Furlong's John Connor in Terminator 2. I did. I loved him. That's what made me fall in love with the color, uh, love with the character. That would make. That's what made me tolerate the character in the third movie and in the fourth movie. Now you're going to be bringing in a completely different incantation of that character. Come on, one's enough. It's enough. Well, I guess. I guess it's going to be from from the the snippets I've been reading. They're 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 waiting before they do anything else to find. Their uh, their Sarah Connor, and I guess it's going to be again her story. <sighs> maybe maybe we'll get the conclusion to this fucking thing in about forty years. By the time I'm ready to die, <laughs> maybe when they pull the fucking plug on me when I'm sitting in the fucking hospital room, maybe I'll figure out what happened to this whole fucking battle in this war. Maybe no, it'll be on time- like Terminator Nine, and then right at that point they'll they'll, they'll reboot it again. In thirty, they'll, they'll, in they'll 30. dig up Schwarzenegger and they'll <laughs> no, they, they'll they'll do like Tupac did at Coachella. They'll have like a hologram. Oh, uh, in, in thirty, they'll have like that hologram technology. In thirty oh, years, I... Arnold Schwarzenegger's head will be floating around in a in a his head will be floating around in a bunch of water. And I wanted uh, to be like Weekend at Bernie's with Schwarzenegger though. Wouldn't that be even better? They got him up on some strings and yeah, uh, I'll be back. You know, I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend at Arnie's. You know, it's... <laughs> but it's like, by the time they finish this, I'll be in my 70s. Come on! Uh, okay, uh, moving on. Moving on. I'm done. Um, moving on. I'm I'm not happy about this news. I think they should just pick up where they left off. Um, Leftover Army, we have our Wonder Woman. Uh, I want to thank listener Jordan Cortain for breaking this news on our Facebook page. On December 3rd, uh, Daniel Alter, it's the same person that tweeted the news about Robin or, or Nightwing showing up in the movie. He tweeted, hashtag Wonder Woman is going to be in hashtag Batman versus Superman. Uh, now, I thought Daniel Alter was a producer for Warner Brothers, and he might be, but he's come out and said that he has no involvement in this film at all. Now, the very next day... The internet blew up on December 4th that uh, actress Gal Gadot, from, uh, best known from her role as uh, Giselle in the last three Fur- uh, Fast and Furious films. Now, she's been cast as Wonder Woman. Uh, Zack Snyder had this to say about the casting of Gadot. Wonder Woman is arguably one of the most powerful female characters of all time and a fan favorite in the DC Universe. Not only is Gal an amazing actress, but she also has that magical quality that makes her perfect for the role. We look forward to audiences discovering Gal in the first feature film 
incarnation of this beloved character, which that's true. She's never been featured in a movie ever. I mean, we've seen, you know, Linda Carter play her in the TV series and she's been done in cartoons, but this is the first, the very first feature film of this character since she's been around in over 70 years. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on this casting? Well, I mean, I, I all I've seen her in has been uh, Fast Five. Um, you know, I saw the pictures of her, and she she just didn't look like Wonder Woman to me. She looked she looked too tiny. Um, and I don't I don't need Wonder Woman to to look like China from the WWE, but you know, I, I'm looking here, and she's she's five ten, she's twenty eight years old, and doesn't give you a weight, but I mean, I, I think she's like a buck twenty soaking wet. I, I I don't know. I mean, in the fast in fast five, she she was fine. You know, she um, if people haven't seen that, I believe she was the um, the officer working with the Rock um, in that movie. But I just I just don't see Wonder Woman out of her. I mean, you know, we're talking about a woman an Amazonian. You know what? You know, you, you, taller woman. You know, doesn't I mean? Full figured, I guess. I, I just don't see it there. Again, I could be wrong. She can, she can definitely have it. Maybe it's just you know how they're using her in these other movies. I mean, she was a she was a model, so I'm sure you know she's she's very pretty. I mean, there's you know you know it's not saying that, but I still every time I see Wonder Woman, I still in my mind I see I still see Linda Carter. You know, even though you know, I know they talk about a TV series, I always see Linda Carter. I don't know why. It's just that's who's embedded in my mind um that that's 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 where i'm at i i I don't know it it, you know it seems like they're doing a lot with this batman and superman movie they're they're casting they're just they're going kind of all over the place with it i mean nobody expected ben affleck you know and and you know everybody was thinking you know just for the last couple weeks that jamie alexander was going to get the part you know that was the big hot topic but um yeah they announced um gal gadot and you know, there there wasn't. She doesn't. Really, she didn't really have much to do in the Fast and Furious movie. She was there, to look kind of badass and drive cars really fast, and she had pretty limited dialogue. And the, none of her performance in those movies um, said Wonder Woman to me. But I mean, you got to think that they're doing some sort of screen testing with these people, right? I mean, there has to be some sort of a chemistry that they like. I mean, there's too much writing on this movie for them to make crazy mistakes. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it. And maybe it'll work. I don't think that. I mean, no matter who they cast, it, it's going to get issues. You know what I mean? Someone's going to have a problem with it, no matter who they cast. Bullshit. So bullshit. Uh, I, I call bullshit I think, on that. Okay, you can. <laughs> no, I think they cost. I think they cast the wrong Fast and Furious female actor. I do. I think why couldn't they have cast Gina Carano? Who the who the fuck yeah. is going to say that they cast the wrong person if they cast Gina Carano? She's an actress. She starred in Fast and the Furious Six and Haywire. She's a fucking badass. At twenty one, she started training in Muay Thai kickboxing. Her Muay Thai career, this is legitimate. She's a Muay Thai kickboxer. Her career is compromised of 12 wins, one loss, and one draw. And she became the first American woman to win a title in Thailand. 
She then dominated in the world's women's of uh, MMA. In April of 2012, she received the first Chuck Norris Award for Best Female Action Star for her performance in the film Haywire. She has been referred to as the face of women's MMA. On top of all that, she's been an American gladiator when the show ran again in 2008. And she's the only woman that I think that could stand with Cavill and Affleck Affleck, and, and look intimidating next to them guys. And honestly, drop the script for that movie. I think she could kick both of their fucking asses in real life. And people would still complain. <laughs> I seriously think that if you fucking said, okay, uh, all right, you put them in the fucking cage match against Affleck and, uh, and uh, Cavill, I think she's going to fucking take – they're going to take a bunch of knees to their heads and she's going to fuck them up. I, Warner Brothers, you fucked up. You could have taken Gina, Gina Carano. Have you seen her? I want you to look I'm, at I'm her. Actually, I'm looking at her right now and – She's actually, I mean, she's 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 good looking. She's fit. She's she's not like beast, you know. Like like I was saying before with China, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm watching her. She's got a scene here where she's kicking some ass on the beach here, like, doing some fight choreography. And yeah, you're right. I, 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 I yeah. I, if if you put these two women next to each other. I think yeah, they made a complete mistake. If if this was their option, I still think, I still think it should have been Jamie Alexander. I think she proved that she that she can fight. She can she can do that. You know, as Lady Sif, I thought she was she was terrific. And when I saw her in the first Thor movie, that's the first thing I thought was she could pull off being Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, honestly, I would have been happy if they would have picked Jamie Alexander. I like her, but uh, if they would have picked Gina Carano, hands down. That's Wonder Woman, not 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 uh, uh, freaking uh, Gal Gadot. Come on, eh. I think I'm just blinded by 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 wanting to see Superman and Batman on screens so badly. Finally, it's here. I just don't want to let anything uh, anything break my heart about the movie just yet. I know. I think they already did that with Ben. Yeah, exactly. They kind of screwed that. They kind of screwed us with Ben Affleck. I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> God I'm just, damn it! I'm just messing with you, Steve. Like, I'm not. Like, you know, I'm just messing with you. We were even. <laughs> it's like me against the world tonight. That's fine. I'm, I'll bring it on. <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this a toss. It. I'm going to give the casting a toss. It now. If she proves me wrong, if she goes in there and she like hits the gym and she bulks up and she comes out to be a badass, then you know what? I'll uh, I'll eat crow on this one. But. uh if they would have cast Gina Carano in this film, I would have been giving this a Tupperware all fucking day. Well, they did a pretty good job with that Feora girl in, in Man of Steel. So, I mean, they're they're not going to make her just some pushover. You know, they're going to do something. They're going to make her. I mean, she's going to have to meet some sort of physical requirements. She can't be on stage with Affleck in a big-ass bulky suit and huge freaking... Cavill over there and just be this little toothpick. Well, this is like this is like if they would have cast Natalie Portman as uh, Lady Sif. Come on. Oh God. Seriously, (laughs) she's the same size as Natalie Portman. If you ask me, Gina Carano, this chick, man, she could she could fucking eat Gal Gadot for breakfast. (laughs) I'm just curious now what they're going to do with the costume. I mean, now that it's here, are they going to go? I mean. 
because I mean, Superman's was I mean pretty traditional, except that he didn't he didn't have his red uh, tights on, his red tidy whities But uh, I'm, I'm yeah, you're talking you know, about Kingdom Come and stuff, you know. I mean, maybe if you're, you're talking about them, maybe she won't be in her classic Wonder Woman outfit. Maybe she will have a bulkier suit that. Ah, fuck. Yeah, that's exactly what I was <laughs> Maybe we can just put her in a fucking rhino costume. We'll talk about that later. Um, that would that would that would probably probably be the best thing for her. I'm gonna I'm gonna read. What do you guys get? Okay, uh, the casting. I give it a toss. It just the casting alone. I could be wrong, but I give it a toss. It. What are you guys gonna rate it? I'm gonna give it a taste. It. I don't. I mean, just just give it a chance. See. Uh, wait for some set pictures. Wait for some costume pictures. Wait for something before you before you start. It's gonna look like a fucking glamour shot from 1995. It's gonna look like a fucking glamour shot. We don't have nothing yet. Ah, oh, I mean, you don't know what we're we're in for yet. They haven't released anything. They've just released names of people. I mean, that's it. So I'm. I, I gotta wait. All give right. All right. I'll give you. Okay. What do you think, Alil? I'm not. I'm not copping out with the freeze it. So I'm gonna toss it. I'm. I'm gonna. I, I just. Woo! Bring it on, motherfucker! Bring it on. <laughs> you know, and, 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 I, and I'll be the first to admit. I'm not. I'm not the biggest DC guy here, and the first. When I, I'm. I'm already thinking that they that they wet the bed and freaked out with with uh, with signing Ben because I think I don't think Superman made the money that they had hoped. I thought that they. I really think Warner Brothers thought that this movie was going to be a billion dollar movie. It made six hundred million. So it, well, that's 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 four short. I mean, I, I really think that I they know. thought that they were going to do not my money. What. What Iron Man three did, I really sure. thought, you know, what, what Batman, what Batman was pulling in, I really thought that they think they thought that, because, I mean, at Comic Con before, I mean, the movie was still in theaters. They brought up Batman Superman, and I, it just doesn't seem like they, they had this planned out here. Because I mean, now I, can we go into other things now? Because I mean, now they're already talking that that, that they're guaranteeing that Flash is going to make an appearance in this, right? Um. Well, just an appearance, just an appearance. It could be like Hank McCoy's appearance in the first X-Men. So I'm, True, I'm, but, I'm not but worried it, about So how. is Wonder Woman an appearance, or is she going to be a full-fledged uh, character in this? I don't know. I mean, it just seems they're tossing so much into this movie already. I think that they're... Okay, I, and I we're go- hey, let's go back to what you're saying. Like, they're worried about how much money this movie's going to make, right? I mean, yeah. is that why they're going to toss all this fucking shit in the movie? Uh, do they not have the confidence in it? I mean, do you not I, have... I, a- yeah, do you not have confidence that you have, you know, you have enough with just Batman and Superman? Because I think that's a billion dollar movie, Batman and Superman. Do you have to throw Wonder Woman into the mix too? Do you have to throw Flash into the mix? Do you have to throw teases of Doomsday into the mix? I mean, seriously, one's enough. Enough is enough. I mean, you don't need everything in this movie. This is like everything but the kitchen sink. And Henry Cavill's over here being like, "This is my movie." What the fuck? Well, exactly. It's his <laughs> sequel. That's the thing that blows my mind, and that's why I really think that they 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 freaked out because it's like, I mean, the movie on its own. If if we weren't living in this Avengers universe where, you know, Iron Man three is a billion dollars, Thor, even though you know Thor two, I mean, you know, people are excited that made you know it's almost at six hundred million at this point, yeah. which which is going to pass Superman's global probably pretty soon here. Um. I really think they freaked out. I really think because I mean Superman, if you go anywhere in this world, 
he is the most well-known character out there. I mean, Superman has been around the longest. He is the first technically comic book superhero that we've got. And sure. Yeah, he's a golden age I, character. He's been around since 1938, 75 years. He doesn't – he shouldn't need this, but I think that they freak – I really think because – like what we were talking about, Warner Brothers is looking to build something because they lost Harry Potter. They've, you know, and they they started too late with these movies. They let Nolan do the Batman thing, and the problem was is Nolan didn't want to deal with anything else. You know, and I think that's that's what freaked them out because they wanted they probably would have jumped on doing Superman earlier if they could have gotten something where they can build this universe out. But how can well, you build could this have. universe they out? They could have. When? They could have at the beginning when Nolan – they could have at the beginning when Nolan – like when he first did Batman. Uh, I think because, they would have if Superman Returns did anything. But Superman Returns was was garbage. Well, the thing is they didn't know that what they had with Batman Begins. I mean – True, I, I agree. And again, I, I'll go back to say it. I'm not a huge DC guy, but Batman Begins was terrific. I loved Batman Begins, and, right? And maybe because we were coming off um, Batman, Batman and Robin, and Robin <laughs> and those movies, and I, and I was you know, and I was big into Spider Man, Spider Man Two. I think Spider Man Two came out right then, or right before was it right before? I can't remember. 2004, I think Batman Begins. But I mean. Batman Begins we a, came out in 2000 and 2005, 2005. So, okay, so we already had Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, and we were already, like, in this, I, I, I would say, um, you know, I guess golden age of, of comic cinema. I mean, we had such hits left and right, and movies were coming out all over the place. You're right, that was. And, it was like that first wave. It was like X-Men and... And Spider-Man, it was that first wave. It was like the golden age of comic book movies. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know we've had, you know, we had the, you know, Batman and everything in, in the 90s and, you know, Christopher Reeve's Superman. But I think this, just because there's so many movies and and you got a, a variance in good and bad. and But there were, I think, a lot more quality movies that were coming out. And I was surprised at how deep Batman was. And I, and I agree. They, they... For some odd reason, I don't think they can ever really get Superman right for everyone. And I think that's the problem because you hear all the complaints, you know, in this one. You hear, oh, it wasn't, it didn't have enough jokes, it didn't do this, you no know, Clark Kent, you know, Lois knows who he is, you change too much. You know, you get, because he's got 75 years of history. Why don't they bring uh, up? Why don't they bring up different villains other than Zod and Lex Luthor that'll bring out different reactions from Superman? Why don't they bring well, it up? Why don't well, they? They very well might. Why don't yeah, they bring up? I'll, I'll bring it up right now. Breaking news! Breaking news! We should have a breaking news uh, little uh, segue. Yeah, like a beep, but, uh, beep, 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 breaking news. <laughs> but uh, just, it looks just, like Jason Momoa. Yeah, uh, no, Jason no, no, Momoa no, is yeah. in talks. To Jason be, Momoa, yeah. Doomsday in the Batman Superman movie. They said it's unclear what character he might play, but it's speculation right now that he's going to portray either villain Doomsday or perhaps. And this is where we're this. If, if this is the perhaps, this is going completely off the rails. The hero Martian Manhunter. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, I don't want to I mean, see the Martian Manhunter. If you add Martian Manhunter, Manhunter to uh. the mix. Why don't you just make the Justice League movie? Why even call this Batman Superman? 
just yeah. make Justice League. All right, let's get. I, I want to get into all this, you know, Martian Manhunter and Jason Momoa talk. But first, before we do that, I want to read some of the reactions to the Wonder Woman casting uh, from uh, a handful of our listeners, uh, if that's okay with you guys. And then I definitely want to get into some of this news. Um, first off, I'll read Gina's reaction. Gina, who was on our show a few weeks ago when we did the Thor podcast, uh, this is what she had to say. She said, disappointed in the casting of Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot is really not the way Wonder Woman has been depicted all these years. I'm not saying she's a bad actress, but that poor wee twig doesn't have much meat on her. Wonder Woman is a tall, strong woman, not a little girl. I hope they bulk her up a bunch and don't let her fall into the background of this movie. Um, I think we all agree yeah. with that. I'm with that. I mean, uh, I I love that my daughter likes Wonder Woman, and I bought her DC. There's a there's a cartoon with like you know I think it's like her origin, and I don't want her to go watch this movie and just see that the girl gets gets you know pushed to the side or in the background. I want to see her. Take some ass. No, exactly. I mean, Wonder Woman, like in the New 52, if you're reading any of the New 52 books, in the Justice League books, Wonder Woman is like, you know, there's Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Those are the top three. I mean, Wonder Woman can kick Green Lantern's ass. We've seen it in the Justice League. I mean, she's a badass. That's what we need to see out of this. We don't need to see her... Uh, be uh, you know coming in uh, as kind of like a a weaker character or you know behind some of the male characters. You know we need to see a strong female presence in the Justice League, and uh, I just don't get that from this casting of Gal Gadot. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe Steve's right, and she blows it away. And you know, two years from now, we're just sitting here and talking about how awesome she is, and we can't wait for her solo movie, but. I, I don't see it. Yeah, me either. I don't. I don't none of us are sitting here talking about how amazing Angelina Jolie was in Tomb Raider. So I don't see it that we're sitting here talking about how amazing Gal Gadot is going to be in Wonder Woman. I, I, <laughs> that is a really good uh, comparison. Thank I mean. you. That's all I'm saying. Don Hoffley says, "Freeze it. This movie is getting dangerously close to Spider-Man Three territory. But instead of villains, we are over being overloaded with heroes." Hopefully they don't try to cram a Wonder Woman origin into this movie on top of however they're going to introduce Batman into the universe and the villain's origin. Oh my god, he's absolutely right. I mean, you know... Could you imagine like a, a, like a little like a credit sequence, meanwhile, in the Amazon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, some, some, some like, you know, uh, three-minute exposition about a Wonder Woman's origin. That's all she deserves? Fuck you. Come on. We need we need a Wonder Woman movie before we need a Wonder Woman appearance in a Batman versus Superman film. So hopefully, that, this is just a uh, mid credit scene, and we're going to get a proper Wonder Woman film. Yeah, maybe she maybe she's only in there for a second. Maybe she comes in there and kicks some ass, and then just is out of the movie. And you're like, what the hell was that? You don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll but, see what happens. Okay. Yeah, you can wish the case if she just appeared, punched somebody in the face, and walked off screen. Like people would go crazy. <laughs> I mean, it would I wouldn't so put that past bad. Zack Snyder either. I wouldn't put it past him. All right, Michael yeah. Michael Cornish says this is the worst casting since Cedric the Entertainer in the Honeymooners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wonder Man, Wonder Woman is an Amazon. Amazons are in peak physical shape. 
Gal Gadot is so bony, I doubt she can do one push-up. Females have been waiting for a female hero to stand with all the guys that have been dominating the superhero genre for so long. What they got is a bulimic model with a pretty face that perpetuates the stereotype that you have to weigh under 120 pounds in order to be pretty. Toss this casting. Enough said, right? I, I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's nothing to add to that. Uh, Joshua Scheel says, what if she just has a small cameo at the end, like Nick Fury? I am freezing it for now. It, you know, See, I'd, be okay, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Me too. If, if they... If they cameo her at the end, but the thing is, is again, so are you cam? You know, are you going to do multiple ending sequences, kind of, you know, a la Thor two now in the Avengers, where okay, here's uh, Wonder Woman's cameo, here's Flash's cameo, here's um, Martian Manhunter if they go that route. I mean, I'd stay and watch every one of them. I don't do have it. a problem yeah. with it. I, the comic yeah, comic that. books have like been every, doing every two minutes in the credits have another little <laughs> comic, <laughs> movie. comic books have been, doing that, have been doing that for years. Comic books have been doing that for years. This is not an original concept. This is not like Marvel Studios invented this. Comic oh, books have been doing like Yeah, comic books have been doing movie. this for years. So it, I, I it's a comic book movie. They can follow what comic books have done for years. At the end of a comic book, they've always revealed a character like, dun-dun-dun, it's this character. They can do that in a DC movie. I don't know why DC has to shy away from this stuff like, oh, Marvel Studios is the only one that can do a mid credit scene or an end credit scene. No, they can do it too. Comic books have done it for years. Go ahead and do it. Fuck you, Marvel Studios. We're going to do it too. Hey, and I, I agree with it, but again, I I don't think we can have ten freaking end of the credit scenes. I know Steve Steve will sit there and watch it, but <laughs> you know, don't introduce me fifteen new characters. I wouldn't uh, mind. Yeah, like you said, if it's a Wonder Woman at the end or a, even a Wonder Woman Flash, give me both. But then they're talking about all these other characters. I I just think it's too much. It would be. It was more of a joke. But I, I, I still would. I still, really, I still, believe I still you would really. Through. Oh, I, I definitely would. So would all of you. Don't lie. All right. Ryan Kraft says, can we just call it what it really is already? Superman and Friends? Super Friends. Uh, don't name it that, please. Uh, <laughs> please don't name it that. Joe Vital says, first of all, no one knows what the story will be, so everyone should calm down. Give the damn writers and director a chance. Wait for the first teaser, and then you can start to judge. You can never satisfy 100% of the people. That's right. Preaching to the choir, brother. It's David <laughs> Goyer. I've given him enough chin. Uh, Ryan Drost, he's a good friend of the show. He's also the host of Star Joe's, which is a fantastic podcast. He says, I'm still at a taste it, but I'm afraid of DC trying to put too many characters into this movie. But I want to see how they do it. It might work. You know, I mean, it, it might. It might. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it might work. I, I don't know. I, I just have to. Me personally, I have to toss the decision to cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. That's a toss it for me. It is. Is that's just a toss it for me. The the entire movie, I, I'm gonna freeze it. I agree. I freeze the entire movie. But the casting so far of Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, toss it. Jake Johnston says, freeze it. I need to know more. James Foster goes ahead and says, freeze it. Without script leaks, we have no idea how much or how little each character will be integral to the story. Casting Wonder Woman into the film does make it seem like they are just jamming too much into the film. 
presumably to introduce them all to expedite a Justice League film. But I would be perfectly fine with it if she's been cast for something like an end credit scene, a la Nick Fury in the Marvel films. So that kind of sounds like what Joshua Shield was saying earlier. Um, so, but, he, but here's the thing with Nick Fury, though, too. I don't think anybody was expecting it, and I think that would be better. Yeah, you know, right. don't you know if you're gonna do that, and that's why I don't think it is for an end credit scene because. If you were going to do that, I think the fans and the audience and everybody would be more excited if nobody knew this was going to happen. And bam, here comes, you know, the movie's over. We get that little end credit title sequence. And then before it goes into the real credits, here comes a Wonder Woman clip. And everyone's just jaw hits the ground. You know, you, you get the little teaser, stay a little longer. because they, you know, Yeah, why did they cast happen. her? Why did they cast her then? Why did they have to reveal the casting? Why couldn't we just have been shocked? Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's why I don't believe it's an end credit sequence because yeah. it's cast, it's a big announcement. I mean, you know, Facebook, Twitter, everything blew up and I know it's a different era now than 2008, you know, oh man, 5 years or 6 years now, but you know, it it, it <sighs> It just it just seemed like when you saw Nick Fury come out and just say, I have to talk to you about the Avenger initiative, and bam, it was just like everyone just went crazy. And I think this, now we're all expecting, we're going to want to see what this is, and we're all going to be super critical if it doesn't go the way we want it to go. And I think that that's where I think they screwed up, and I think that's why they're getting scared. Right. Nope. Taste it. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you need to rewatch Almost Human, you son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Amy Amy Adams, we uh, we remember her. She played Lois Lane in The Man of Steel. Did you guys like Amy Adams as uh, Lois Lane in Man of Steel? Uh, I don't know. I think I she started I... she started off okay, but then I think Zack Snyder and the rest of the, like David S. Goyer kind of like put her on the back burner. They didn't really give her much screen time. They didn't give her a chance to be, you know, uh, this powered female she was in, like, the original films. I think they yeah. kind of left her on the back burner, in, in my opinion. <laughs> she fell a lot. She yeah. did fall a lot in that movie. Holy shit. Amy Adams, she plays Lois Lane. Uh, she's aware of the new casting of, uh, you know, Gal Gadot as uh, um, Wonder Woman. She just doesn't want to see a love triangle. Uh, love triangle in these films right now in the comics if you're reading the new uh 52 uh superman and wonder woman are in a relationship and uh amy adams doesn't want it to bleed over into the movies um in an interview with superhero hype she said i hope that i can be involved with a woman on screen where we're not in a love triangle that would be fun maybe where we team up together and work as teammates instead of adversaries can you guys agree with that? Is she talking about a lesbian scene between? No, no I don't think wow. she's talking about Amy. <laughs> Ad- I don't think she's talking about Lois Lane and Wonder Woman scissoring each other. <laughs> but uh, last 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 week we're talking about the shocker. This week we're talking about scissoring. What the fuck is going on with this show? Yeah. But I think she's talking about. She doesn't want to see like you know Superman. You know uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Lois Lane fighting over Superman. She wants to see. You know these these two working together for the you know greater good instead of uh, 
you know, fighting over uh, some kind of fucking like, you know, reverse Twilight where we've got Jacob and Edward fighting over uh, the most boring woman on the planet, Bella. Yeah, well, good. I mean, if they do, then good. I, I'd rather them not have that love triangle and, and focus more on maybe having Wonder Woman be stronger than that. Like, she's not interested in either of these guys. She's there for another reason. You know what I mean? Like, make her that strong character. Yeah, but do we put it past these people to not put that into the movie? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. <laughs> it would just well, say it would be nice. I mean, Spider-Man pulled it. You know, pulled back on that, and you know, pulled Mary Jane out, and. You know, maybe, yeah, you know, and even Thor, I mean, you got a little hint that there was a little jealousy, but nothing really came out of it. Um, yeah, maybe that's kind of what we get, you know, just, you know, a glance here or there, just, you know, but nothing, you know, nothing like Twilight. And that, I, I'd be okay with that. I mean, you know, he, he is Superman. Who doesn't want to sleep with him? Well, it's going to be the same question that Thor, that everyone was asking in Thor. Like, why isn't Thor with Sif? She she can live his same lifespan. She's a badass. They can go and freaking, you know, win wars together. But he's going to be with Jane, who's, you know, going to die. And he's still going to live like another 4,000 years. Um, it's going to be the same thing with Superman. He's going to see Wonder Woman and her doing all her shit, flying around, kicking ass and taking names. And, you know, that's going to be something that he hasn't seen before. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I mean, that's what I think what they've done in the DC New Fifty Two is they're like, you know, think about it. Like these two characters, they make sense together. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, like she, like Lois, cannot hold the torch to her like physically and doing the hero stuff and flying around, zip zap zoom, and special powers and what have you. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, Daniel Alter, he was the one, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, he, he predicted the Nightwing casting or the Robin casting, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. He, uh, also mentioned that, uh, Superman, uh, he mentioned the villain Doomsday, uh, recently in a tweet. He said, need to talk to some people tonight about hashtag Doomsday in hashtag Batman versus Superman. So... You know, this goes back to your point that you were talking about earlier, Lil, with uh, Jason Momoa. You know, he was the actor who played, uh, you know, the new Conan the Barbarian. And he was also, he ca- he was cast in uh, um, Game of Thrones. Um, him being the new Doomsday. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to see Doomsday being played by a person. I want to see them go, like, the, the route of uh, the Incredible Hulk. If they're going to do Doomsday... Do CGI with motion capture? Is that what you're thinking with Doomsday with Jason I'm, Momoa? I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it's it's definitely it, it, well, it's got to be mocap. He he's a big dude, but he's not Doomsday big. I mean, no. that's. I mean, it, it's going to probably be that way. I mean, similar you're do the to same what, thing with yeah with the Hulk. You're going to do the same thing you do with the yeah. Hulk. Well, or they they almost with Groot. They were in talks you know, for Jason Momoa to play Drax in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And then they t- they yeah. cast Batista instead. I, I don't think he was big enough. <laughs> he wasn't big enough to play Drax. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, just like 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 we just said. I mean, Vin Diesel with Groot. I mean, I think that's what you're going to see more of is these guys getting these roles. You know, Spader with Ultron. I mean, I think it's going to be mocap. They're going to use their face uh, their face a lot into the character. To, you know, in the development of the artwork and in the motions, and you know, to portray him more. Um, but I, I think that's what it's going to be. I don't, I don't, 
he, they're not, you know, painting him gray and having, you know, or, or giving him a, a thing suit like they did in the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, God, that was horrible. I, just, <laughs> I, I don't see that happen. I mean, if they go that route, then... I don't know what's going on. That'd be on the first movie, fucking but... thing you've tossed this whole episode except for almost human, Steve. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Everything else you're like uh... – And I stand by it. You hear me? I'm not backing down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Variety is also reporting that Snyder and Warner Brothers are in the process of casting the film's villain – uh, with uh, possibly Callan Mulvey. Uh, he's a 38-year-old actor. He's Australian. He appeared in Zero Dark Thirty last year. Uh, he'll be seen in next year's 300 Rise of an Empire. And he's also uh, had a villain role in the uh, in Jack as Jack Rollins in Marvel's Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, that's coming out in April of next year. As the source suggests, Warner Brothers is just eyeing. Calvin Mulvey. There could be other actors in contention. Uh, but what is the part that he's going to be playing? Could this be Lex Luthor or, you know, perhaps Doom, Doomsday, uh, like da- uh, Daniel Alter's tweet suggests? Um, if I had to take a guess, uh, it'll be it'll be Lex Luthor. I just don't see him being uh, Doomsday. I don't think they take an actor of his caliber to play uh, Doomsday. <laughs> Doomsday. Yeah. So that's another thing. So now you're going to bring in Lex. You're going to bring in Doomsday. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe it's all speculation. That's kind I, of like, know, that's but, kind of a crazy tweet to send out. Like if you send something like that out, like you're getting you're going to get in trouble. You know, well, like I don't know. Guys, I, I, guys, it, they, might, they, it might be bullshit. They've alluded so. to Doomsday in the movies. I mean, there's a Doomsday Easter egg in the Man of Steel film. In one of the Blu-ray extra featurettes, if you if you own the Blu-ray, there's a featurette. Uh, Doomsday can be seen in one image as the Kryptonian language was translated in the documentary. It became known that when the scout ship first activated, it sent out a beacon, which is how Zod discovered the Earth. Um, that's when Zod first came here to fight Superman. Now, well. Uh, communications between the scout ship and the Black Zero never stopped as the ships con- uh, continuously sent info back and forth between each other. The military was able to actually intercept these, and this is how uh, Earth is able to know so much about Kryptonian technology and history. One of the signals that was intercepted by the military, it was deciphered, and they read it to say, Beware Bertrand's Curse. For he is named Doomsday. Now, this didn't make it to the actual film, but this is actually in a featurette. So, Doomsday does exist in this universe. So, Doomsday could be a character in the next film, possibly. I, I think he could be a character. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him, but maybe not not in the next movie. Not not already. Well, would you want to see him as a central villain in a movie, or does there need to be another villain like Lex Luthor behind the scenes? Because I mean. I don't know about you, but being able to flesh out Doomsday as a major villain in a film, it's... I mean, he's basically a character that they just use to, you know, as muscle to go toe-to-toe with Superman. I I think they need, like, a a villain like, you know, Lex Luthor or Brainiac or Metallo behind the scenes to really make this movie work. Doomsday just doesn't seem as a major villain for me. I I think he's just kind of like a... uh, 
something that they'd use as like you know like I said like muscle to go toe to toe with Superman to make to make the fight seem interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought Bane was that kind of character before this last Dark Knight movie, um, but I thought he had had more depth than I thought he could ever have. Um. But you're talking yeah. you're, you're, ta- you're talking about a Christopher Nolan film versus a Zack Snyder film. I, I agree, and that, that's where I was. That's where I was going next. I mean, it is. But wait know, now, it, but wait now. I mean, I mean, did you did you did you like Dark Knight Rises more than Man of Steel? Me? Yeah, yeah. you. You did. What about you, Brian? Wow, that's a tough one. Honestly, uh, Dark Knight Rises was uh, my favorite of the uh, Nolan films. Honestly. <sighs> Yeah, well, it was your favorite? Yeah, it was my favorite. Yeah, if I if I were to rate the Nolan films, Dark Knight Rises was number one, Batman Begins was number two, and Dark Knight Rises was my third favorite. Like everybody I think can Steve talk just quit. Uh, what? <laughs> no, like Steve everybody can quit. talk about like how much they love like Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker in the Dark Knight, but like I think like the way Dark Knight really tied nothing into the first film it really tied nothing into the third film in my opinion but the first and all right hey we're back we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there it stopped recording for some reason or another but we're back now um i did want to talk a little bit more uh, you know we talked a little bit about uh lex luther being possibly played by callan mulvey but uh, there's another report out there from Think McFly Think that says that the producers are looking at possibly casting um, either Denzel Washington or Idris Elba as Lex Luthor. Um, now, their reports, they don't say that they are only looking for African-American actors for the part, but these are a couple of actors uh, these are a couple of actors producers would consider if they did go that route. Um, what do you guys think about either of these actors playing Lex Luthor? It doesn't bother me. I mean, no. they did it with Michael Clark Duncan and the Kingpin, and I actually thought that was probably one of the best things about Daredevil. Yeah, he was um, awesome. He was awesome in the director's cut. <laughs> um, yeah, in the director's cut, definitely. But I mean, I you know, I don't care you know what you know race, color, whatever he is, as long as he does good. And both of these guys would do would be great. See, I think yeah. if it was Denzel, they, they recast Perry. I mean, they they cast uh, Lawrence Fishner as Perry White, so it's possible to do it in, yeah. in this universe. And I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't. Well, I don't think it matters as long as they portray the character correctly. And they're, they're I just they're don't convincing don't, as a villain. I don't see Idris Elba as an evil character. I mean, I would love to see Idris Elba in a comic book movie, but I'd rather see him as a black as a Black Panther uh, for Marvel Studios. Uh, or have him well, even as John Stewart, the Black Green Lantern for DC. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'd like to see him as Lex Luthor, though. Now, if they ended up casting Denzel Washington as Lex Luthor, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I think he could play a pretty diabolical Lex Luthor, if you ask me. I think he'd be good in that part. And he's he's a big name, uh, but I think that would be kind of controversial, too. I think like it wouldn't be like the to the extent of like casting Ben Affleck as uh, frickin' uh, <laughs> Batman, but I think you'd have an outcry of people that wouldn't want to see, you know, uh, Denzel Washington as Lex Luthor, but I wouldn't be one of those people. I think it'd be okay. I mean, I wouldn't be I, opposed to it. If you've got training day Denzel as Lex Luthor, yeah. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Just, 
just crazy. You know, he can play. You know, every, you know, everybody thinks he's the good guy, but he's he's just scheming every time. I, I, it would work. I think Denzel would actually be perfect. Yeah, I just don't want to see Idris Elba in that role. I think Idris Elba, like I said, like I, in my opinion, I think he'd be better, be a better John Stewart if they were well, going to go. We were, just, we, we were just talking about that, and actually, he talked about uh, Elba in an in interview that uh, he he wanted to be Power Man, um, and they brought up the Netflix uh, the Netflix series, and he kind of just smiled and said, "We'll see." So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he gets his. Uh, his uh, feature in, uh, in that in uh, that Defenders uh, series and uh, playing with uh, you know with Iron Fist there and Power Man and that would be crazy. I, like I never thought of an actor of his caliber doing a Netflix series. So well, I mean they've got Kevin Spacey. They've got you know you, they've got other. I mean Don Cheadle has has that show on Netflix as well. And I, I don't I think if it's right. The money will. I think the money will be right. I don't think that'll be a big deal. Right. I, I think. I think he would do it. Yeah. I, mean, I was thinking more of like along the lines of like Morris Chestnut or something like that. So. But see, I could see him being more. Uh, I could see shorter. I could see him. Maybe he would fit more in the body type of of T'Challa of the Black Panther than I think he would as Power Man. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I. I personally would like to see Idris Elba as Black Panther. <laughs> so I don't think they could go wrong though. Either way, either I mean, way they could not, go wrong I mean, with yeah. with Idris Elba playing either of those characters. Now, a lot of our listeners, uh, in particular, I know some of our listeners are not sold that Batman and Superman will be actually fighting in this movie, and that they will just be uh, it'll be just be like a team up film, and we'll be getting a world's finest film. Uh, but Batman and Superman are set to collide in Zack, uh, Zack Snyder's sequel with uh, Cavill. He commented saying, The next installment, as we all know, is involving another rather important character, and I'm looking very forward to that interaction because ultimately they're two sides of the same coin. How they interact, how they clash, and how they ultimately aim towards the same goal is going to be an interesting relationship, and I look forward to playing that with Ben, especially. So the key word to take away from that is when he said clash, okay? He later then says how they ultimately aim towards the same goal. So, you know, when he says clash, guys, I mean, that that to me says that these two, two, these two powerhouses are going to fight, right? They have to. They have to. <laughs> At least, at least in some way, they have to yeah. physically, yeah, they, physically go toe to toe. Somehow, some way, they have to do it. I agree. I, I, if you don't yeah, do it, fuck I don't you. Think you. I don't think <laughs> you can in this universe, though. I mean, if they don't introduce some kind of weakness for him again, what is he going? What's Batman going to do? Right. I agree. That's, the, that's the problem. If, if, if you know, and, and Snyder's gone on record. I don't. I don't know if he's said it again for the sequel, but that he's not interested in bringing in Kryptonite. So then, what? You know, that that's they'll figure out a way. We got to wait. We don't know enough yet. Dude, all we got so far is names. I don't know how they're not going to bring in Kryptonite and expect us to believe that Batman's going to kick his ass. They have to bring in some. They have to bring Kryptonite in in some way. Maybe not a big shiny green rock, but they'll bring some form of it into the movie they, there has to be a way to weaken superman or bring him down to 
Batman's level. Otherwise, well, it's Street Riders, and that's not even fair. Like, you know, we've already talked about it in a previous episode. Like, I thought that, that there's the scene where, you know, Zod, like, gets to the point where he, like, strips off his armor and throws it onto the top of a building. Like, if you watch that scene, he actually strips that armor off on top of a LexCorp building. So I am under the impression that, like, Lex Luthor gets a hold of this armor and then provides it to Batman to go up against Superman. But I don't know. I may be wrong. But part of me thinks that, like, you know, Batman will be wearing this Kryptonian armor that's kind of, like, you know, fitted to be Batman armor at this point to go up against Superman. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I just don't understand. I don't see how Batman could go up against Superman without having figured out that he needs kryptonite in order to take him down. He's got his own version of the Hulk Buster, the Superman Buster bat suit. That's what he did in Dark Knight Returns. Yep. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about a little bit of Marvel news. You know, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer dropped, and uh, I want to talk about the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer. I want to rate it. Uh, it dropped on December 5th, and I think we all watched it that day. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, who wants to go first? Why don't you go ahead a little? All right. I, uh, and make I'm, sure you rate uh, it. I want you to rate just the trailer. We're not rating the movie. We're just rating the trailer. The trailer was a Tupperware. It was one of the most exciting trailers I think I've seen in a long time. Okay, elaborate. Do you want me to go further? Yeah, please go further. All right. Um, I, again, I got to eat a little crow for, for my... My last week talking about the rhino, the rhino suit. I still think that that poster was maybe concept art that went a little wild because the little bit of the trailer that that kind of made me smile was when you saw the rhino head come down on um, on Paul Giamatti. You can see his head peeking out a bit, and it reminded me of the Ironmonger suit in Iron Man, kind of like that middle piece that opened up, you know, kind of like a bigger head, torso kind of thing that kind of came down, which I, that I got a little okay with it. Um, I, I just think the whole thing was, it, it really played well. Um, really played well to where Peter was at this point. You saw that, you know, he was having fun being Spider-Man. I mean, the opening the opening shot of him just falling and then swinging was just, was just really great. Uh, I thought the CGI was terrific. Uh, we're, you know, a little bit of what we talked about last week with, uh, um, you know, Harry be- becoming the goblin seems to be what's going on. All the Easter eggs in the trailer. I mean, you saw ox tentacles, you saw the vultures wings, um, other, uh, teasers that I'll, I'll let Brian talk about since, uh, he broke those news, uh, that news. But I mean, it just seemed like it was going to be action packed. There was a few other things that I kind of picked up that I was curious on because uh, they had a split split second uh, look at Gwen Stacy in her famous outfit. Um, then there was a scene where uh, Spider Man was on top of all these uh, gears. It looked like shooting his web down, looking like he was trying to catch something. So I was, I was wondering if maybe that was the the scene, but who knows? But I, I was just really I was really excited. I mean, I, when I first saw the trailer, I'm watching it in my phone in the parking lot at work, and I get out, and I see one of my coworkers who knows who knows me, and I'm just geeking out right there. I'm like, I, everything I thought about that poster has gone out the window, 
this trailer is is indefinite. I mean, I, I watched it probably twenty times since since it aired. Cool. Well, holy shit! I think I'm actually going to agree with you guys on something tonight. Well, at least a little. <laughs> holy shit! I give it a Tupperware too. I was jazzed when I saw this thing. You're right. That opening scene where he's falling in the winds, you know, that's got that that wind flapping sound, um, and he just swings out. His costume looks amazing. Um, you know, Electro looked cool. I liked how at the very end of the trailer, you know, he was zipping through all the like the conductors and stuff, and Electro was just like flying through the air. Oh man, it was it was awesome. Um, the only thing that I was a little unsure of was the way Goblin looked uh, in the trailer. It's it looked like I don't know, like he had like some like some weird hairdo. I he looked like he was wearing the straight up Spider Man three James Franco armor um, without the without the weird paintball mask. But um, <laughs> other than that, other than that, everything was awesome. The I fi- you you're right. You finally got to kind of see what the Rhino's armor looked like in. And that was that was a lot better than the weird ass thing that we saw in that poster. So um, I give I give the trailer a Tupperware. All right. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to talk about. It. I'm going to rate it. Um, okay. Let's let me start here. You know, I don't know. Was that the Rhino's costume, or were we watching Pacific Rim? I mean, it looked like a fucking uh, that that costume. The rhino. I know it's a it's a it's he's he's wearing like a robotic suit, but I mean, it looks like something like in Pacific Rim, if you ask me. Well, it's, well, it's going to be something I, that's going to get provided by Oscorp. I mean, that's what it looks like they're doing. They're trying to make Oscorp into this. I don't think it is Oscorp. Ultimate. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I don't think it is Oscorp. Uh, I, I do. I agree with you there, Brian. I don't think that the I don't think the Rhino suit is part of Oscorp. Everything else seems to be part of Oscorp. But even so, I don't. I, mean, you, I don't like. I make, don't like the Rhino costume. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of the well, Rhino costume. You only saw the upper part. I mean, that's it, fine. Again, if it, if it, if he go if he's running on all fours the whole time, I'm not gonna like it. But he was standing up. The helmet came down. I bought into it a little bit more. I just thought it just looked like Pacific Rim sequel. That's all. And then, and then, and then, uh, Harry Osborn, uh, the way they made him look, like you were talking about, Steve, the only thing he's missing is a can of Red Bull and a No Fear t shirt because he looks like so damn extreme. You know, seriously, his hair, like you said, his hairstyle. Yeah, he's got like that weird, like, like anime hair going yeah. on, like that whitish hair. Like, what is that? I'm just waiting for the Green Goblin Axe hair gel commercial. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm just not digging the uh, the the way that some of these villains are being portrayed in the film. I'm gonna give this a taste it, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna say I love the action sequences. Um, I do love the action sequences, like the action. Yeah, sequences. they're getting that right. Yeah, the action right. sequences look amazing. I don't like the costumes though. That's why I'm giving it a taste. I uh, so everything else looks amazing in it, um, but uh, I just don't like the I don't like the costumes in it. I don't like the way they're portraying the villains in this film. I love the costume of Spider Man. I think it looks fantastic. Um, oh yeah, the best one on on screen yet. Absolutely. So guys, well, I think I think they did Spider Man, and I think they did Electro right. Um. Goblin, I'm, 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 I'm not there yet. I'm, they're only I'm giving you quick clips of that, though. You're not really getting a really good view of what they're doing with him. So, I mean, it's just from what and you I, can tell. 
and I'm hoping maybe, you know, a lot of times when they put these trailers out, sometimes the CGI is not 100%. Maybe they're going to add a little more bulk to him. I kind of wanted him to be bigger. You know, if he was going through a transformation, you could give him some heft. You know, like in, the, in the Ultimate Universe, the Goblin's huge. He's he's like the Hulk. He's that big. Um, he doesn't have to be the Hulk in this movie. But kind of make him a little bigger. You know, uh, Dan DeHaan, is, he's not a big dude. You know, he's not muscular. I'm wondering maybe that's why they gave him all that armor. Um, just to kind of change him up a bit. But Let me get into some of that. There's a, there's a lot of really cool Easter eggs in the trailer that, that we should get into. A lot of yeah, really cool little absolutely. hidden things. Um, one of the ones that I that I noticed really quick was the uh, like the doors that started to all raise, and there was six of them. Did you guys catch that? That little quick yep. clip of all the, yeah. the six doors raising? Yeah. Like, that's... Little stuff like that, man. That's crazy. All right. You guys, let's let's break down the trailer, okay? Um, and uh, feel free to jump in here if I uh, if I do miss something. Um, but the trailer, it starts off with a, uh, I don't know, it, it's a really cool Spider-Man scene with him free-falling downwards. He's just falling like he's like, uh, like base jumping, you know, just like uh, skydiving. Um, you get a great look at that new costume, uh, you know, that Steve loves. And I, I think the rest of us do, too. Uh, he then uh, slings a web and he starts to swing. It's just really cool, in my opinion, to watch how daring this Spider-Man is and how he's having fun doing it, too. Um, I, I really like that scene. I thought it was really cool. Well, exactly. Is this going to be the first one of the first sequels for a major character where he doesn't want to give up being the hero? I hope so. I, I hope so. I mean, Man. I'm tired of that trope already. Yeah. And that, that's what I, I, I think that's why I love the trailer because it seemed like Spider-Man was having fun being Spider-Man. The action sequences were cool or getting me jazzed up. Yes, there's issues. I had issues with every Spider-Man movie that's come out. But if I, if the story's good and this action is the way this two and a half minutes is depicting, I can live with you know, this goblin versus Power Ranger goblin and the first Spider-Man, you know. Yeah, whatever can, it is, it's going to be better than James Franco. So. Yeah. With uh, with his lightsaber and, uh, and as you said, paintball mask. Yeah. Now, in the next scene, we do see that they show Paul Giamatti real quickly. Like, you have to, like, you know, pause it. Uh, but they show him in the rhino suit. Um, this is what makes me think that it's not an Oscorp uh, design. Uh, if you if you do watch that frame and you do freeze it, on the shoulder of the suit, there's no Oscorp logo. Instead, you see the Russian red star. Mm. Did you guys yeah, notice I didn't, that? I didn't notice that. So. Yeah, I noticed it on his, on his uh, right arm. Right. Um, the first time that I looked at the the robot suit, I wasn't a huge fan. But the more that I keep watching the trailer, it is kind of cool. I will admit, and you know, I I make the joke that it's Pacific Rim, but it actually looks kind of cool. But me being like a Spider Man purist, I think like they can get away with some of these costumes in film. I think they're just scared to take it on. But I mean. No, I, I- I agree with you there. I mean, they're, they're, most of these movies are afraid. I mean, it, it's it's really only been the the Marvel Universe movies that have kind of stayed as close. I mean, but they but they even changed them themselves with like Hawkeye and um, 
But again, you want to see that Robin Hood type suit. I understand that. I mean, I know last week I made the comment I'd rather see a guy in a Gore-Tex, you know, uh, uh, rhino suit than, than what we saw in that picture. But if, if they can make it like, you know, in that Iron Man type realm of suit, that, w- that would work better. But if, again, if, if he puts that helmet down, then he's on all fours charging the whole time, then I'm going to have a problem. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're clearly pulling from the ultimate universe in this. I mean, the ultimate universe, you know, uh, the rhino, that's what he was in. He was in like a robot suit that he, you know, kind of like controlled like a, like a, like a machine. So, um, you know, that's what they're, they're, they're clearly pulling from the ultimate universe, even with like the electro, the way electro looks. Um, they've even said themselves that, you know, they made him look like, uh, when you look at a cloud and you can see like, uh, ele- you know, like a lightning forming in a cloud, um, that's how they tried to make him look. You can see like through his skin, you can see like the electrical pulses and things like that. So, uh, in the trailer, you see a clip, uh, a quick glimpse of what looks like to be the eyes of the Green Goblin. And, uh, it looks just like Dane DeHaan. Um, it, we then also get a quick shot. There's a computer screen. You guys notice this? This is this is like the biggest like Easter egg of all the trailers, in my opinion. Is that computer screen um, that has all the folders that are labeled? Um, you know, if you look at this freeze frame, there are references. Uh, it, it's the it's the computer that Dane DeHaan's using. You guys there? Oh, yeah, here. no worries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's what, when he's talking to Peter. And, right, uh, right. It's when he's yeah. talking to Peter and he's saying that Oscorp has been watching him and and things like that. Uh, if you pause that, there are references on that screen, different file folders, uh, labels uh, that say Ravencroft. There's one that says the Australian Project. One that says Exoskeletons, Weapon Systems. Synthetic plants. Hmm. There's a Dr. Connors file, which is, of course, it's, it's referring to the lizard from the first film. There's a Dr. Morbius file, which is referring. Oh, shit. I know. It's referring to Morbius the living vampire, which we know from the comics. There's another one that says Venom Storage. Nice. Yeah. yeah but- man, they're just, it's, it's all in there, man. They're going all out. Good for them. Uh, there's a quick shot of actress Felicia Hardy. Uh, she's standing inside the Ascourt building. Um, and outside of the building, it looks like to be Harry Osborne. And he's wearing some sort of an exosuit. Uh, the same one that we've seen him wearing in that triptych poster that we talked about last week. That we didn't like and that now we're kind of liking. <laughs> uh, uh, this is also the only look that we get of, uh, of her in the trailer. Felicia Hardy, they're talking about her being, uh, you know, uh, Black Cat in the yeah. film later on. Uh, we also get a shot of what looks like to be a hidden room within Oscorp that's showcasing the vulture wings in mm-hmm. one area and then uh, Doc Ock's arms in another. Uh, the same time that they're talking about that, we uh, find out that Peter's father 
once again is a big part of this story. We see him in the trailer as well as Peter is watching a video of his father where uh, he says, my name is Richard Parker. I have found out what Oscorp intends to use my research for. I have a responsibility to protect the world from what I know they are capable of. Now, in the Ultimate Comic Universe, Richard Parker was important to many stories. He worked for Oscorp and even created the Venom symbiote. So this reveals that he wanted to protect the world from Oscorp. And I think after seeing this video that Peter's goal uh, will be the same. I mean, like father, like son, right? I mean, he hears his father saying that he wants to protect the world from Oscorp. I think Peter's going to take this to heart and feel like he needs to protect the world from Oscorp as well. Yeah, well, finally we're getting that untold story that we were promised with the first movie. You know, the first movie they were like, this is going to be the untold story of Peter Parker, the story you'd never heard before. Right. And it kind of was. It was kind of like almost the same exact story that we saw before. But then this one now is delving farther into his his parents and his past and a story that we really haven't seen before on film. So let's get at it, you know? Right. Um, what do you think about that, Alo? Well, I'm 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 concerned that it's just going to be another tidbit, kind of like how we got in the first one. Um, you know, I do like that that it was some kind of it looks like a secret lab that that he had that Peter found. Uh, there was a scene right before that, or I think it's maybe right after that, where. Peter's talking to Aunt May, and she's talking about secrets having a price, and the truth has a price also, because that was in the first one, you know, where, where secrets have the price. Um, and maybe this one, maybe that's what the, this one comes out, that, you know, that the truth um, also has a price, and this is something that I, I thought in the first one, and I'm wondering if, if it's going to keep going because of because of the Venom talk and everything like that. I, I just have this, this feeling... That, that they're kind of going, uh, the, the Eric Bana Hulk way with this, that, that Peter, that his spider power has something to do with testing that maybe his dad did, not to him, but maybe to himself, they transferred down to Peter, and maybe that spider bite unlocks something else, kind of like the gamma in that movie. Um, that's, that's just me thinking, I was thinking about this one after I saw the first movie that that had something to do with it because, you know, the beginning, the beginning of the movie, the first one, it lingered a lot in his, in Richard Parker's room with that, that spider dangling there. Um, and it just seemed to, to, to try to, to foretell things going forward. And I, that's just, that's just me talking. And I, I just have that feeling now that, you know, hearing this, that maybe the truth that's going to be coming out is, yes, that he was trying to stop this, but that he was as big a part as Oscorp was in creating a lot of this. That's a, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Mark Webb and some of the other uh, producers on the show to go that route. It's interesting. To, to to, to, to steal off the worst Hulk movie that they... <laughs> yeah. Um, next, we uh, see a... There's a shot of a man who uh, is looking through what seems to be a bunch of cylinders that are filled with a yellowish liquid. Um, and, uh, you know, 
who is this man and what are, what are in those cylinders? Um, I think I know what both are. Uh, if you go to our website, you can read a little bit more about this, but uh, just go to www.popcultureleftovers.com uh, and uh, you can read the article. But first, I, I think the man is uh, the actor B.J. Novak, he, and he plays Ron Howard. Uh, Ryan Howard, excuse Ron Howard. I'm talking. About. Jeez, yeah, he plays Opie. he plays Opie in uh, Andy Griffith show, but uh, he plays Ryan Howard on The uh, Office, and uh, he recently revealed to the Huffington Post that he plays an Oscorp employee from the comic books. They asked, uh, "You're in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but we really don't know who your character is. Is it a secret role?" And he replied, no, I'm in a couple of scenes. Yeah, I was never told whether or not I could say. I can say that I work at Oscorp, and I am someone from the comic books, someone from the original. So, yeah, I'm somebody. I wouldn't say I'm pivotal, but I'm not an extra either. Um, So, now, what is in the cylinders that he's looking at? If you look at Harry's touchscreen computer screen, again, you get a close-up of a folder that says Plutonium Lab. I believe that it's Plutonium. And I think he is playing the scientist Mark Raxton, who later becomes Molten Man in the comics. Now, you can read more about my theory at www.popcultureleftovers.com if you have uh, any more interest in that. But I think that's an Easter egg that a lot of different outlets haven't hit on. Um, So definitely check that out at our website. Um, Next, we get a scene of Norman Osborn laying in what looks to be like a hospital bed. Uh, and he's talking to Harry, where Harry says, what about Peter? And then Norman says, not everyone has a happy ending. Almost making it seem like it's just shitting all over my you can't cast Chris Cooper and have him lay on a bed point that I did um, a couple weeks ago. It looks like that's exactly what they're going to do. They're just going to have Chris Cooper laying in a bed. Um, Egan, Dane, DeHaan on. But, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, they have that, you know, man in the hat that was at the end of um, the first movie walking through that lab. And I'm thinking that that's probably Chris Cooper. Um, And if you look at his face in that, it does look like something was done. Like, or I don't know if he's got cancer or what. Yeah, yeah, his skin's all messed up. So, you know, maybe he's taking the serum. I don't don't know. Or maybe he's going to take the serum. But... You know, how many goblins then can you have? I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because we were kind of bashing Batman Superman for all the heroes, and this one seems to have a billion villains, and we're all like, yeah, let's bring in more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I You're, you're right. I, I still don't think that they could cast Chris Cooper and, like you said, have him, you know, I, I think he might be the big bad at the end pulling all this together. You know, it'll be the reveal that maybe he's not dying. Maybe he, maybe the formula worked for him, and he's just doing all this because this is part of his master plan. Well, uh, let's see here. Now, uh, the next scene we have is a uh, scene where there is a silver car, and it lands on top of a taxi. And what I'm guessing is uh, is a rhino rampage. Um, there's a girl in that shot and her back is turned and, uh, she has her hair styled and it matches the set photos of Shailene Woodley and how they had her hair done for the movie. So they left this shot in the trailer. 
are they planning on having her return for the third movie? I mean, this is Shailene Woodley. Like, if you watch that scene, that is Shailene Woodley with her back turned. Are they just leaving that shot in the movie because they thought it was cool? Are they going to just uh, leave her out of the- – I don't know. It's just weird because it's her. It's Shailene <laughs> – that's Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane. Are they just going to leave that scene in the film and have it like just like some random like street person just because they thought it was a cool shot? Or are they going to plan on having her come back in the next film? I, I just thought it was really weird to have her in there. I'm, I'm kind of glad they got rid of that whole angle. You know, there's already going to be way too much going on in this movie to have a love triangle on top of all of it. So, um, who knows? Maybe it was just a really expensive shot that was awesome, and they didn't they couldn't take it out because it was so good. Who yeah, knows? yeah, I agree. I mean, well, okay, and like if they have Felicia Hardy in the film too, it's not just a love triangle. It's like a love uh, uh, orgy. Love, <laughs> love orgy. Because, you know, Black Cat has some uh, romantic feelings towards uh, Peter Parker as well in the comic books. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just really weird. I, I, I think that we'll see Mary Jane in uh, in these films. But uh, I just thought it was really weird that they left that shot of Shailene Woodley in there. Well, you know, they, they, they've done that before where you they would have scenes in a trailer that don't even show up in the movie. I mean, one of the, one of the ones I can remember the most is what Iron Man 2 when uh Gwyneth Paltrow was kissing the uh the Iron Man uh helmet and then threw it out the back of the plane and then he dove after it. I mean they, they didn't even have that in the movie. Um so I mean it could just be that it you know that they that they're still working on a lot of footage. This was done, you know, let's add it in. It was like a good it was a cool scene, but they're not gonna keep it in. I mean it could be just as simple as that. That yeah. they filmed this, they had this done but we're not done with the rest of it to show anymore. Let's just toss this in there, right? Uh, rather than rather than trying to scrap something else together. Uh, um, another thing, another thing I want to really uh-huh. bring up real quick is sure. we've been you've been going scene from scene to scene. Um, that scene where they showed the the goblin's eye, where it looked like Dan uh, Dehan, Dane Dehan, yeah, Dane Dehan. I'm sorry. Um, they had a they had the a scene right after that where you see the back of the goblin with the armor on but his hair was really red and then if you go it's going to be the scene you're going to be coming up talking about like the little snippets of fight scenes the next time you see him kind of gobbling out his hair is more of, of a, like a like a blonde or a white and not that red so i'm wondering if if we might get more than one goblin in this because because just just for that simple fact that the hair doesn't match, or they just maybe screwed up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see that again because I remember the second scene where we see Spider-Man. He's swinging around his web, and it looks like he's kicking, uh, you know, uh, Harry Osborn in the chest. <laughs> he kicked the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was an awesome scene, man. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I remember that scene, but I don't remember the red hair scene. I'm gonna have to look at that again. Yeah, I remember. I remember what you're talking about. How it like he's like on his glider, and he kind of you can see the back of him, but I don't remember his hair color from that. Yeah, it's at the 20 second mark. I'm, I'm I have a fr- freeze frame right now. Um, Is again, it, it might be a lighting thing. I don't know. I didn't it know just if it was really uh, weird to me that his hair was really that red. And then if you go back, you know, all the way to the right. that scene where they're um, where he's you know kicking him, and his hair would be like that stark white or blonde. 
it just seemed like a really um, a really stark difference. Maybe it's an Axe hair gel commercial at that point. <laughs> well, if you look at his hair in that scene, it gets kicked. It does look like that because it's all like uh, all spiky and wavy. Like uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those Trojan commercials on like USA at like nine o'clock at night, but like everybody's hair is sticking up after they uh, they use the product. Right. So that that's kind of was I was laughing at. Um, we uh, hear Electro say in the trailer, "Soon everyone in the city will know what it feels like to live in a world without power." Um, and then he says, "Without mercy, without Spider-Man." Uh, and then my favorite scene in the entire trailer is the uh it looks like spider-man is actually you know he's web swinging away from electro it looks like he's running away from him in that in that scene now uh is it just me or is electro jumping from you know transformer to transformer as yeah like as like electricity as electricity yes but in between them, he takes human form and then he's blasting at Spider-Man. Is it just me yeah. or is that what no, I saw? No, that, that's what I that's saw. That's exactly that what's happening. Is awesome. I thought that was very cool. I loved it. That was like my favorite part of the trailer. Is that? Yeah, scene, well, that I mean, they're using scene. the slow motion right, and they're doing the speed up, slow down kind of stuff, and that's awesome. And it's it's just it's very comic booky. It's very Spider-Man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what you would see in a Spider-Man cartoon. They're teasing a, a too. They're teasing too much shit in this movie. Like they're teasing like Rhino and like like who's the Goblin and like all these like different things and like Harry's computer and they're like taking away from like the main villain, which is Electro. And I thought like that was the most that was the coolest stuff in the trailer is watching those two fight against each other in that last scene. I thought that was amazing. That action scene was awesome. Yeah, well, let's hope they're saving they're saving some stuff, you know, so they're not blowing their whole wad on the trailer. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, there, there's got to be more to it. Um, I think these these teases are are for us, and because they want to build that universe. I mean, we could talk about the the Daily Bugle uh, Tumblr even more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. last week we last week we talked about the Shocker, um, and this week they've they've talked about. Um, uh, Alistair Smythe, um, his father, um, you know, and they, they in the comic books, if, if people know them, they, they, they develop and create the Spider Slayers. Um, and then they talk about also Dr. Octopus joining Oscorp. I mean, there's just so much that they're putting into this. Um, and again, I don't know if it's going to be, if it's too much. I mean, you know, it, it could be the same problem that, that you know, We've been possibly talking about with Batman Superman. Is it when is enough enough, and when is it just way too much? And you're not you're not telling us a good story because you're trying to give everybody everything they want, right? Well, you know, only time will tell. But I'll tell you this: from that trailer, I'm I'm excited for it. I can't wait for Spider Man Two. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel. Um, a lot more than I was earlier. I think like uh, the trailers got me a lot more excited than than I was, and and uh, you know just some of the teases that we've seen and Easter eggs that we've seen in this trailer has gotten me a lot more excited for this film. So I'm definitely ready for uh, it's coming out next year, right? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. I May. Think it's May. May. Yeah, May second. Awesome. Uh, 
Yeah, um, hey, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and I want to talk about Days of Future Past uh, a little bit and the new X-Men Apocalypse film that was announced, okay? Yeah. Sounds good. I hear a baby. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> nice. I need to, I might, if we're on a break, I might need to go try and check and see if I can't help out a little bit. No, go ahead. We'll break. All right. All right. I'll, I'll be back in a minute. All right. No problem. Hey, we're back. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, but we did want to talk really quick uh, about uh, some of the uh, Fox news. It looks like Fox is banking on X-Men Days of Future Past being a huge success because they've already announced the next film in the franchise. It was Brian Singer who tweeted this past week, and thank God they're bringing him back because God knows how much I love those Brian Singer X-Men movies. Uh God forbid they bring in uh, a different director. But Vulture has confirmed that he is the director uh, for the next film. Anyway, he tweeted, Brian Singer, hashtag X-Men, hashtag Apocalypse 2016. It was confirmed that uh, the next movie will be X-Men Apocalypse, and it will hit theaters May 27th, 2016. So it looks like you know, from this news that the big villain in the film will, of course, be the X-Men villain Apocalypse. Uh, he's battled with the X-Men many times over the years. He's recruited X-Men in the past as members as the four horsemen of the Apocalypse to take reign over the world. What Thanos is to the Avengers, can you guys agree Apocalypse is to the X-Men? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely. Anytime that there is time travel prevalent in the X-Men stories, he's involved somehow. So this could be taken from the Age of Apocalypse story from the 90s where all time travel being done creates uh, an alternate time stream and Apocalypse is the villain controlling everything. Um, What do you guys think about the direction that they're taking the X-Men franchise with Apocalypse. Do you think that this is a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Well, I, I think they're they're just like every other studio right now, trying to trying to up the game with that one big bad. Um, just because, as much as I love Magneto, Magneto, he even when you watch him on screen, you know, he, he everybody can relate to him because you know he had that. That, that rough childhood um, in the uh, in the camps, you know, back uh, yeah. you know during World War Two and everything. We understand uh-huh. Magneto. We he's might not an, agree with everything. He's kind of an anti-hero. He yeah, he exactly. But Apocalypse is is you know we he's the big bad. And I remember my favorite. You know, I I you know I love the '90s X-Men cartoon, and some of my favorite episodes were the ones where it was apocalypse because like it just seemed like oh shit how are they going to get out of this because he is just he you know he can take out the whole team himself he is that that good i'm, I'm sure they're going to depower uh, depower him some way 
because you know he is you know technically as they say like the first mutant and he could basically do anything he wants but I, I I think it's a cool thing I you know and I know I know you're feeling on Singer and his X Men movies I'm I I don't think they're that bad um, I do think uh, First Class was the was the best X Men movie of the series and it wasn't one of his but I, I think he can I think I'm gonna give him Days of Future Past to see if he can write the ship. And fix a lot of the issues that they had going from X Men Two to X Men Three, and Wolverine, because he got back into the fold. But I, I think this this could be good. I, you know, the X Men, they're I think they're right for a universe building. There's so many mutants, you know, and there's so many different factions of the X Men, and there's talks about X Force. Um, you know, find, well, hopefully somewhere we're gonna get a Deadpool movie. I, I think this this could be this could be great. What do you think, Steve? I mean, I'm not going to pre- pretend to know everything about the character of Apocalypse. I understand his significance in the in the X Men canon. I know he's he is their big bad. So it, it's almost like where else could they go? I mean, they could have gone like Mister Sinister or something like that. But but I mean, of course they're going to go with with the big one. I mean, you're going to have all these. Um, you got Batman and Superman teaming up. You're having Ultron coming into the Avengers. They have to keep giving you the bigger villains, and so they're going to go with Apocalypse. That's that was that's. I mean, it's almost like a given. Once you heard it, you were like, oh, okay. Like no, nobody was really surprised. Nobody was like, oh my god, really? I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but I I do really want to see a lot more from Days of Future Past. I'm really curious to see what they do with it. Um, it can only get better from X Men Three and Origins Wolverine. Um, the Wolverine was really good, but you know I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do with with uh, Days of Future Past. And um, Apocalypse is also said to be set in the '70s with the uh, X Men First Class cast is going to be the primary people in it. So um, I guess if you liked First Class like I did, you're that's some that's some pretty good news right there. Yeah, yeah. more fast yeah. you can't go wrong. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I love Michael Fassbender. Uh, and yeah, you, you're 100% correct, Steve, that they did report that, uh, this is gonna be, um, the X-Men First Class cast, uh, will be brought in to this movie. Um, not the original trilogy. Um, so could this be the first X-Men film not to feature Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I mean, even even First Class brought him in for a cameo. Do you think that this could be like the first X Men movie where they won't fo- focus on Wolverine? Because I mean, it seems like every other movie they've had to bring him in to bring in that audience. I mean, yeah, he's going to be the centerpiece of right. uh, Days of Future Past. Yes, he is. Um, I mean, they're 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 straying away from the source material, which took Kitty Pride and brought her back into the past. And instead, you know, Wolverine. I mean, it makes sense. I understand why they're doing it. He's the biggest draw in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can't you can't bring Kitty Pride into the film and bring her try to make her the main draw. It makes sense that they're trying to make Hugh Jackman the main draw. But I mean, uh, well, well, Hugh Jackman was asked uh, this week whether or not he would do a bunch more Wolverines. And, right, right, and he's not a hundred percent sure that he's coming back even for a direct sequel of the james mangold wolverine film so yeah i mean well, he's, he's, he's working on it though he, he says I mean, it's got to be really good yeah he, 
uh, he says, I don't know whether or not I will do this next movie. I am really proud of this movie and I'm excited to develop something with Jan, uh, with Jim Mangold from the beginning because that is a great ride. That's exciting to see what we come up with. But I have a very high expectation of what it would need to be. And if it doesn't reach those, I won't be doing it. Uh, he did give an update of the film. He said, no, there is not a script. But Jim Mangold and I were literally on the phone last night talking about ideas. But there is no script and no writer yet, so it's way off. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that quote. Do you think that he lit- he's being legitimate and he's saying that, you know, yeah, I just want to see if there's a great script in place? I mean, because you think that he did read the script for Wolverine Origins and would have been able to figure out that it was a piece of shit... <laughs> but do you think it's more of him saying that it's really, really hard with him being 45 years old and trying to stay in Wolverine shape? Well, I, I do, I do think that's going to be an issue for him going down the road. And, and, you know, but the thing is, is they can do a lot of different things with Wolverine. I mean, they've got, you know, the old man Logan storyline where he doesn't have to be cut like he was in the Wolverine. I mean, he was never in better shape in any of the other movies before that. Um, but I, but I do, I do think it's a bit of smoke because if he's, if he's been talking with Mangold about this, then he's got interest. I, I think yeah. what, I think he's pulling the, the Robert Downey Jr. act here and, and Fox will back up the money truck. They're not going to be as, as, as prude as Disney to pay, um, uh, to pay to pay him pay Jackman for this role, I mean, you know they've already had what what is this seven movies now it'll be, yeah, and even after Origins he they still gave him another solo movie so I mean, exactly they're, yeah they're, he, he's not going nowhere he's not he's not going anywhere he loves he loves the character he's not one of the guys that said he knew who the character okay, was okay so is before. he is he going to show up and is he going to show up in X Men Apocalypse is this going to be the First movie that he does not make an appearance in, or is he going to be a main central character in X Men Apocalypse? Well, if it's based in the seventies, I'm going to say that he's not in X Men Apocalypse. I'm going to say that they're going to do a Wolverine, a third Wolverine movie, and he's not going to be in Apocalypse. I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll go on that limb saying that he won't be in Apocalypse unless they bring back the time travel element again, which I don't know. But it also depends too. I mean, if if Days of Futures Past blows up like the way they're hoping it does, and these casts, the cast, you know, meshes well, everybody works well, it makes sense to have Wolverine in the past like this, where you basically, I, I guess I, I know that I've heard that he's not going to be like his body will be like his mind will go into his old body. I don't know how they're going to do that, but um. I think I think anything's possible. I'll say that he won't be because I still don't count his cameo. He said, you know, basically he only said one word or two words in uh, in first class, and that wasn't the draw. I didn't even realize yeah, he, he was said he said fuck off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Here's here's Magneto, which is fine, which is funny, and it was it was kind of in that in that Nick Fury type cameo thing. You weren't expecting it. I didn't know he was going to be in it. And, uh, you know, but nobody went to go see that movie for him and nobody ever, nobody talks about first class and says anything about Wolverine. 
So it, you can't have a good X-Men story without Wolverine is what you're saying. I, I agree. Yes. I agree 100%. I think so too. I, I think that there's plenty of other characters you can you can put on screen sure. and and give us something new that we haven't seen before. But if you are gonna pull the well, if you are going to give me another Wolverine, put him in that fucking suit. Thank you. Put him in the suit. Put him in that the suit. suit that they showed at the end of the Wolverine was fucking awesome. Yeah, put him the, in the, suit. the the deleted scene that they deleted didn't, scene. Yeah, yeah exactly. The yeah, the scene. deleted scene, the deleted end put him scene. In, yeah, put him in the put suit. him in that suit. Now, before Wolverine was even like a major character in the Marvel, uh, you know, six one six comic book. The the big character that the big draw was Nightcrawler. Everybody was a huge Nightcrawler fan, and uh, see that's the thing. It's like you don't have to have um, Wolverine to make a great X Men movie, in my opinion, or a great X-Men comic. I mean, somebody can always step up and be that character for you. I think there's a lot of great X-Men stories that don't have to be told with Wolverine. So I, I'm in 100% agreement with you, Alil, that uh, they can still make a great Apocalypse movie even without a Wolverine. Um, and the thing, too, is that I think the reason why I don't... I think Fox will back up the money truck for Jackman because they want to expand this and do more. But I think with with the Apocalypse movie, especially since they said it's going to be based in the 70s with this first class, they've got a great, great cast. I mean, McAvoy, Fassbender, uh, you know, if they bring back Rose Byrne. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, you've got got such Uh, great... What's the kid from uh, Dead Bodies that's a big actor now? He he was... Uh, Nicholas Uh, Holt. Holt, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's blowing up, so... I mean, yeah, they've they've got a lot of big names that they can bring into this. I mean, they've got they've already got that established cast that works so well, and they're big names. I mean, I mean, Fastbender and McAvoy themselves. I mean, you know, they're the main ones in this next poster. I mean, yeah, it's the split poster with uh, uh, Stewart and uh, why am I drawing a blank on uh, McKellen, <laughs> Magneto, and yeah, McKellen. Thank yeah, you, Ian McKellen. Uh, I mean, but. You know they're they're big draws themselves. I mean those guys can carry movies themselves, and you don't you don't need Jackman. You know, but I I do I I don't think he's not going to play Wolverine again. And I heard also rumors that if they don't put him in Apocalypse, he might be in that X Force movie. Yeah, I've heard that too. You know, I've heard uh, rumors of uh, Wolverine, of course, Cable, and uh, Deadpool being in that movie. Which, you know what, if you want to see him in a costume, maybe he'll be in the black and silver X-Force costumes. I'm cool with that, too. I don't care if they what color they pick it in. It's, the suit just looked awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's about time that they put him in the suit, though. I mean, you know, it worked in the Avengers films, putting these, pe- putting these uh, heroes in their classic costumes. You know, I mean, I, I understand that you want to have Hugh Jackman's face on screen, but I think Hugh Jackman can last one movie or at least, you know, maybe like the final arc in a uh, movie, uh, the third act in a movie, you know, him being uh, in the suit. I think that would work. Come on. Let's do it for crying well, out loud. They, they talked about it, you know, why he hasn't been. And I guess the, the big comment was, well, he's done seven movies. Everybody knows who Wolverine is. Why does he have to wear the mask to hide his identity? Which he doesn't. In a sense, in a sense, makes sense. But if he's doing something like X Force, where maybe they're doing like, like those kind of missions where they're, I don't know, undercover or something like that, where they're 
they're out. I can see them pulling that off. But, you, but for him just to put on the suit, and who knows? I, you know, in uh, in the trailer for Days of Futures Past, he was wearing some kind of weird armor suit thing. I mean, they didn't have the mask on, but there was that those glimpses of the future before they you know went back in a time, and he, he looks like he had something on. I don't know right. what, but yeah. maybe that's where you'll see the mask or the, the full suit finally. I hope so. It should be sweet. I don't know. I just I need to see another trailer um, for Days of Future Past before I get excited about the film. I think the the first trailer was just like you know dramatic music and like these epic shots of what they thought people would think was amazing. We saw no Sentinels and we saw no action sequences. So I'm not impressed. I, I want to see action yeah. sequences and I want to see Sentinels before I can really start to gauge this movie and like where they're going with this franchise. Uh, I think that they've done okay with the casting, half of it. Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman, of course, awesome. Uh, Peter Dinklage, okay, awesome. Uh, bringing back the first class and like, you know, Ian McKellen and uh, um, uh, Patrick Stewart. Stewart, awesome. Uh, but bringing back, you know, Storm, okay, that's that's bullshit. I, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't like uh, Halle Berry as Storm. I never did. And uh, you know, and they, you know, Cyclops is not going to be in this film. But like, there was that rumor that Halle Berry and uh, James Marsden uh, were on a flight together, leaving Canada. And so that he might make a cameo appearance. Maybe it's a flashback or something like that. But you know, I, I think what they'll do, I, I think they'll rectify that. And whatever whatever happens in Days of Futures Past to change the the time stream, I think that's where you'll get you'll get the end credit with him doing something because I think he got he got the biggest shaft in this entire series. Yeah, I, they did I, not I, do Colossus Justice. Yeah, they did not do Cyclops Justice at all. Well, and they didn't do Colossus Justice either. He wasn't even fucking Russian. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that, his little his little quick scene in X Men Two was pretty sweet, but X Men Three just went off the fucking rails with everybody being able to transfer powers to each other. I'm just like, what the hell? So what does Rogue do? Right. <laughs> like that's her whole gig. So yeah, they 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 had some definite stuff to to fix for now, sure. Now Bleeding Cool is reporting that X Men Apocalypse ties directly to Days of Future Past. So I expect like the end of Days of Future Past to lead into what that story arc will be in X-Men Apocalypse if, if what yeah. Leading Cool is saying is correct. So a whole new timeline, a whole new Right. Basically almost like a reboot. They're just if, starting the story over in the seventies. If it's a new timeline, are you guys one hundred percent sold that it is just going to be the first class cast, or do you think that like they might even bring be able to bring back Jean Grey or Cyclops, or some of these characters that have passed away in, in, in past movies? Or do you think it is just going to be like, okay, no, we're done, this is it, we're just going to bring back First Class and maybe Hugh Jackman? No, I think, I think, they'll, I think they'll bring back, well, because I mean, they're already bringing back Hallie and, and the rest. I think you'll see other people brought back, because they have to bring Cyclops back. I mean, they have to. I mean, he, to me, as much as as Xavier is the X-Men, I think Cyclops is is the X-Men. But how do they they explain... How do they explain... How do they explain that his brother was born in 1960? How do they explain that Alex was born in 1960, and here he is... Not even no, not even born in 1960. His brother in 1963 was like already like a teenager. 
Yeah, yeah. And here's Scott, like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, that, that doesn't match up. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I, I, I think I agree with you on that, but I think what, like you said, it's going to be the 70s cast or the, you know, whatever. And, and maybe he is, you know, I mean, you can have a sibling six to ten years in difference. I mean, Alex was, he was in that, that prison or whatever he was in in the first class. I can't exactly remember why. I mean, cause he couldn't control his powers and wanted to be isolated. I mean, you could have that and kind of have Scott, you know, in an orphanage or something like that, not, not even knowing what his real background is and Xavier finding him. Um, and link it to the same, I mean, it could be the same actors. It doesn't have to be like you said, there's going to be different, there's going to be different time streams. I mean, an X-Men's full of that. I mean, the comics are all over the place with their time streams. I mean, there's, you know, there's, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're worse than Marvel itself and its universes and how many different time streams people trail off on back and forth. I mean, Cable and Bishop all, all over the place. Something happens bad. They're coming back here. Um, so I think it's possible, um, if they do it right. I mean, my guess is they're going to, I looked at First Class as a soft reboot. You know, they brought in some of the, you know, Hugh Jackman and everything because he is Wolverine. You can have people looking the same and the same actors playing it in a soft reboot, but you've got to be able to tell that story and explain it. And I'm I'm hoping they do. I don't know. I guys, I just, like, look at this and I just Brian Singer's name is written all over it and I'm just worried. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm gonna leave. I, I enjoyed the first one and the second one. The, the third one was Brett Ratner, and I think to me that's when you know when he when Singer left and they just started just doing whatever they wanted. Everything went to hell. If the first I'm not one, that, I'm the, not saying the first two were great. If the first one or the I, second I one came it. out now, would you be like as like happy? Because like no, I, when no, the first one and the so. second one came no. out in two thousand and two thousand two or two thousand three respectively, whenever they came out, when they first came out, it was I was just happy as fuck to see X Men movies. That's that's all I'm saying. I was I was just happy to see a superhero film, okay? Because we hadn't seen one since like you know Batman or whatever. I was just yeah. happy to see super yeah. a, a Marvel superhero film. I was just happy to see it. Now that they've actually done some things like with like Avengers and Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, I expect more from an X-Men film than what Brian Singer gave us in 2000. Because I was just I, – I didn't care that they shit all over Sabretooth. I didn't care that they shit all over some of these characters and some of their origins. Um, but now looking back on it, in hindsight – those were not good movies. I cannot sit back and say, "Man, that final battle where they were fighting on top of the, you know, the uh, Statue, Statue of Liberty, of Liberty. <laughs> that was fucking awesome, man. Oh shit, that was amazing." No, I look back at that and I'm thinking, "Oh my god, that what?" But again, you you you've got to take you've got to take when this came out. You know, it, it's got to count. You know, in two thousand for X Men to come out because, for especially for Marvel, I mean, all we had really before this was Blade. I, I like Blade. This, I still think Blade the oh, original stands up. I love Blade. I believe me, I love Blade. I, I I'll argue with anybody on that. I I don't even mind the other two, 
but I'm saying even because they were Goyer films. Um, but but in 2000, people weren't ready for the yellow suit for Wolverine. I, I guarantee that would have been laughed off because we because we were coming away and getting out of Batman and Robin. I think Batman and Robin, that movie, sullied and we had a everything had to start over from that point. And X Men wasn't a bad movie. It introduced things. I believe me. I was I was pissed when I saw Sabretooth. Tyler Maine was terrible. Even then, I, I I was happy I was seeing X Men, but I was like, "What the hell is Sabretooth? What the hell is Toad?" I mean, Ray Park can do a lot more than, than what they showed in that movie. Um, and the biggest miscasting of of the entire franchise is Halle Berry as Storm. But I still think it was it was it was. A better than average movie. I think when it came out, it was, but I think, like, I, I agree with Brian. I think in hindsight, it, it might not hold up as well as, as we're, we're letting it, we're, we're giving it a lot more credit because of what it helped usher in as far as superhero movies. Um, but looking back at it and just judging it as a film by itself and what it is, like, the characters are all fucked up, their ages are all fucked up, like, their relationships are all fucked up, like, it, certain people that are huge aren't even introduced. I mean, it's... it's in, Brian Singer picked and chose, he cherry-picked what he wanted and, and changed a bunch of shit. But, um... And I think what, yeah. what Brian's trying to get at and where I'm trying to go is is that I don't want to see that X-Men movie, that kind of movie, now. It's, a, it's not going to work now. Yeah. You have to go bigger. You have to go better. He's got to take notes from, uh... Avengers. From, yeah, from the Avengers, from X Men First Class. F- X Men First Class, ag- agreed. I mean, I the, the, best, has, the best, the I best, the best action scene in an X Men movie, in my opinion, was that Michael Fassbender scene where he is like using like the 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 the, the big uh, there's that big that big ship in, in the ocean submarine that that yeah, yeah. And, and those the he's taking the big you know anchor and like throwing the chains around and stuff like that oh yeah that is yeah, the yeah. and that was matthew vaughn i mean guys exactly. i have not seen a a a a competent uh brian singer action scene except for like you know you mentioned it a couple episodes ago steve where uh, x-men 2 yeah. The nightcrawler, scene. the nightcrawler scene is is phenomenal, and I think they blew the Great rod scene. on that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's where they kind of like that's where after that the movie kind of dropped off for me. Uh, you know, and Brian Singer, I think he's done he's done he's not a very good, he's not very good at action at uh, showing action, and that's yeah, what I'm worried about. Jack the Giant Killer or Giant Slayer or whatever the hell it was. Just watch that and see what see how he does action. Exactly. Well, and that, that's it, why he's back in the X-Men franchise. Well, he didn't do good in the X-Men franchise to begin with, Elil. Watch, watch Superman no, Returns no, no, and I see know. how that's he does what, action. That's what I'm saying. That's why he came back. Right. Because, I mean, because he made money for the franchise. I mean, I think X-Men 2 was, might have been their, the highest grossing film for that franchise yeah but i mean times have changed and i mean you know man alive i'm just telling you i'm worried i'm really worried especially after watching that trailer i mean there's only so much epic music that you can play without actually seeing anything happen to get me excited i just wanted to watch sunshine after here after watching that trailer (laughs) yeah i just wanted to go back and watch sunshine i'm like i want to see that movie i want to see killian murphy again (laughs) There just wasn't. There, it was just epic music and nothing happening. It was just like you know, 
I just angry, think angry that, British yelling. That was some of that. I just think with the cast he's got, I think it'll be hard for him to screw this up. And if he does, this this franchise will never recover. Apocalypse, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if he screws up in that opening weekend and that's all that money the money this movie makes. Yeah, kiss Apocalypse, yeah, kiss they will, that movie goodbye. They will scrap that movie as quickly as they probably should have. As quickly as they scrap the Magneto reboot. Guys, it sounds, like, it sounds like they're fast-tracking Apocalypse. It sounds like they're fast-tracking these movies. Like they're banking on it making movie. Uh, they're just they're they're trying to on cash in on the superhero yeah. fad right now. Yeah. They're just trying to cash in. It's Everyone's talking about universe building, and they're just trying to jump on that same train. So... All right, I just, Damn Marvel for going bankrupt and selling all this shit to these shitty studios. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'd be cool to see them all under one umbrella, all under one studio, and we'd be able to see Spider-Man, the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and the Avengers all in one movie. That would blow so my those mind. Those were the best comics or cartoons or whatever when you had them crossing over. Right. I mean, I love seeing Spider-Man team up with Wolverine. Oh, Because they didn't like each other. They talked shit to each other. And but they got the job done, and it was just a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. If you want to see a, an awesome uh, event in comic books right now, you should read Jonathan Hickman's Infinity. Uh, it takes uh, every character from the galaxy and throws them into the Marvel universe, and it throws them all together in a, a huge cosmic battle against Thanos and uh, the Builders. You, you need to check it out. So that's uh, awesome. It it's it is awesome. Um, all right, guys, I, we've Did gone they on. Finished that arc? What's that? They finished Infinity yet? Yeah, they they infin- they finished Infinity. Part six of six just came out, and then uh, they uh, the epilogue was in New Avengers number twelve, and then it'll be continuing in a new series called The Inhumans, uh, which will be written by Matt Fraction. So uh, definitely check that out if you're uh, into comic books. It's it's uh, uh, the uh, Infinity event was pretty pretty awesome in my opinion. It was a lot better than the Battle of the Atom, which was the X Men event that just happened from Brian Michael Bendis. Did, so. did the Infinity event cross um, to other books? Like, did you had to buy the books for? Or did you just could you just buy the the six infinity issues and you and could you could there, there was the six infinity issues it did cross over into the two other uh, Jonathan Hickman books which were yeah, he's writing Avengers and then he's also writing New Avengers there were some crossovers into the like the Thunderbolts book but it was like very minor you didn't really have to read it um, Nova. It crossed over to Nova and Guardians of the Galaxy, but once, it, like, like I said again, you didn't really have to read those books. If you just read the Infinity series itself, you would have got the gist of the entire story. But I think I got a lot more out of it because I was reading New Avengers, and I, w- I had been reading Avengers. Uh, I think I got a lot more out of it because of that. But uh, you didn't have to read those books, like I said. If you just would have read Infinity, you would have got just the same out of it, honestly. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, boys, man, what a what a show, huh? What a show! What All a right. show! Woo! All right, we're gonna end it this week. I had a lot of fun this week. I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun. I had a blast. I had a blast. We had some good, some good times. Some hard times. Some some angry yelling times. Brian, Jesus Christ! Ah, fuck you! I was, I was, I was, 
I was gonna say go watch go watch the third episode of Almost Humans. <laughs> right? Hey, bastards. yeah, let's let's watch them in order. You know? Hey, I I I thought I was I I was DVRing it. It's it's all I only had the one episode there. I don't know what happened. I but no wonder why you don't get what the hell's going on. I'll go on Fox. Well, it wouldn't matter. It's not like it has a continuous storyline, anyways. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go watch uh, Star Wars Episode Six first. Yeah. And then uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go watch the finale of Breaking Bad and call it a day. I'm just gonna live life with reckless abandon and not give a shit what I do anymore. You know, whatever <laughs> is it. what it is. It is what it is. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. See you guys next week. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. And I'm a Lil. And we're the leftovers. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it Good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's race it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop 
Leftovers.